Good morning. It is Danger Dan here in the talk shop. I'm currently in Cotopaxi, Ecuador. Me and Brian Helm are fixing to climb a volcano. It's going to be fucking wild. Fucking way chillier than I thought it was going to be. We are at 11,000 foot right now. But today's show, I sat down to talk with Jace from the Fast Life Garage. You may know him from the Fast Life Garage podcast or Fast Life Visuals or Fast Life Paint, Fast Life Everything. Anyways, do we, you know, I wanted to know how tall his T-bars were and lots of other things. So we caught up. We hadn't talked and I guess I went and did a podcast with him at the beginning of the year. So I'd like to regularly have Jace on the show and see how things are going his perspective has always intrigued me. And, uh, dude, the drive behind this dude, he's fucking, he's a hustler and he's got a bunch of good ideas and a bunch of the good things going, like the fast life camp out. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Check him out on all things fast life or listen to him right here. Let's get into it. It's a brisk morning. Um, Dude, the bikes. The bikes running fucking good. I did. It seems like every time I pull off the wheels and put them back on, I do something wrong and it's in limp mode again. I don't know if I put the front wheel on backwards or what. I'm going to jack with it this morning. But, uh, yeah, did some maintenance. Did an oil change yesterday on the Pan Am. Uh, What else did I do? New tires. Uh, I fixed the the controls and, you know, just, I'll get into all that shit later. Um, but I did some maintenance and me and Brian hit the road. Brian is on a super, what is it, not a super, it's a, an Africa twin. And it is tall for him. He's tiptoeing around low speeds. I imagine this bike's going to hit the ground a couple of times this trip. It's going to be fun. It's going to be lots of fun. I want to thank Ecuador Motorcycle Rental for uh, making this happen for us. They put us out and uh, gave us some good spots to check out. And uh, it's going to be rad. It was nice to get out of the city yesterday and uh, get on the road, dude. Um, This show, like all shows, is brought to you by MCShopTees.com, your T-shirt of the month club. The only way to support every local motorcycle shop. It's like a magazine subscription, but you get a t-shirt. That's right, a t-shirt, a one-off design t-shirt where I feature a different shop that I find. Every single month, we find a sweet artist to do something fucking cool, and we print it once and send it straight to your house. You got uh, you can get men's sizes, women's sizes, kids' sizes. You can change them up month to month. You can buy three-month, six-month, and 12-month packages as well. This month's featured shop is Easy Company out of Worcester, Mass. I had them on the show recently. Maybe that was the last podcast I did. And uh, super rad dudes, they just built a fucking badass knucklehead for Virginia City Roundup. And uh, do those guys do custom builds, custom parts, full service, tire changes. I mean, whatever <clears throat> whatever you need. Uh, hit them up. Follow them on the gram. 
and uh, they got a YouTube channel. So super stoked to feature those guys. Easy Company and uh, Daniel Sheridan. Actually, the art showed up yesterday, and it's fucking rad. I hope you're signed up because if you didn't sign up before the first of this month, you're going to have to wait till next month. And I don't know. Actually, I think I do know who we are going to feature, but I'll keep that a secret for now. So mcshoptees.com, dude. Uh, if you want to support the show and you've got too many T-shirts already, uh, go to DangerDanceTalkShop.com. I actually did some some changes to the website recently, and I'm hoping to use some of the you know stories from this trip and make like a blog. You know, post some more pictures there. Really, thanks to Bear from uh, Motorcycle Sherpa. Anyways, go to DangerDanceTalkShop.com. Sign up for the Patreon. Five bucks a month. Get you a chance at winning badass shit, dude. I got a $100 gift card from Lowbrow Customs to give away every single month. And I'm talking to Bear about possibly doing another trip. Uh, last year we gave, actually it was two years ago, we gave away a trip to Nepal. Thanks to Motorcycle Sherpa. That's right, dude. And I'm going back in November and I couldn't be more stoked. Go check out Motorcycle Sherpa to fucking learn how you can go explore the Himalayas on a motorcycle. So, dude, that's going to be sick. Anyways, I'll figure out the details and get something worked out. But go to Danger Dance Talk Shop and sign up for the Patreon so that you can be a part of that super fucking awesome opportunity. Or just go sign up and go on the trip. Dude, I'm really, really excited about going back to Nepal. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh... Let's see what else is happening. What else is happening? Um, I flew down. The state of Ecuador is not protesting. The roads were not blocked. It's crazy still seeing, like, the burn marks in the street, though. Like, from the roadblocks that were there before. It's pretty fucking wild. Pretty fucking wild. But uh, me and Brian are going to work on getting... You know, some photos and some video to share this trip with you. Um, go to Danger Dance Talk Shop, and hopefully at some point I'm going to put, like, a email collection thing on there, you know, like, where you can sign up and I can send you emails, and, yeah, I'm going to try the newsletter thing out. Uh, I think right now I'm just probably going to send them all to the people that are signed up for MC Shop Tees because I have their emails. Everybody who is or was. And uh, we'll go from there. But let's get into this podcast with Jace. Make sure you check out Fast Life Everything on the Gram. He's got his photos, his paint jobs, his podcasts. In the Fast Life camp out up at Adam Sandoval's campground, which I cannot think of the name of his campground right now. But uh, anyways, enjoy this. Hey, you've done this before, but... I, I like to work on that because I'm still trying to figure out, you know, at first it was just, hey, there's a chance nobody hears this. There's a chance a lot of people hear this. Is there anything you don't want to talk about? Yeah, yeah. But then I started, like, seeing people just, like, not say some things or just being quiet. And then as soon as we get done recording, they got questions for me. And I'm like, hey. Yeah. So now I'm like, all right, this, is, this isn't a one-sided deal. It's a conversation. We're catching up. Yeah. Yeah. I know but what you you've mean. done this. You've yeah. done this before, Jace. With the Fast Life Podcast, 
Dude, it all started right here on this table. It fucking did, dude. Table didn't have near as much shit on it then, did yeah, it? Yeah, there wasn't a motor on it at the time. Or a fucking short block. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there might have been a shovel head or something. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think there was. I think I had a clean. Yeah, I was I mean, thinking about it when I drove out here. Because I remember that night, that very first podcast, you asked me to be on it. And I remember that I took a job the next day for Misfit. Yeah. And I was about to start working for someone for the first time in 10 years. Because I've been on my own and shit. And, of course, that job only lasted about a week before I quit. But it was just a very weird time. Like, I was I was kind of tired of being self-employed. And I wanted to find, like, a, a steady paycheck but still be in motorcycles and shit like that. And uh, I just remember driving out here. It was, it was nighttime. It was in March. I remember, like, it was yesterday. And, really? Uh, yeah. And I uh, drove all the way out here, sat down, you know, told uh, the first version of my life story that I've now done about 20 times with other people <laughs> over the years. I've kind of refined it. You know Have what I mean? You? I feel like you do. I mean, Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? You tell it for the first time, but then once you've done other people's podcasts enough and then they ask you that that, that question, like, you, you – you just hit the cliff notes better. Yeah, you start leaving out some of the shit that you were kind of like yeah. working through the first couple of times, and you're like, you know now that oh, I don't have to go down that road. Yeah, like, That like, road really leads nowhere. Just keep going straight. You end up hearing it on the podcast. You're like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. That's dumb. That's irrelevant. Or it makes me look petty or it makes me look, you know, or sound fucking. Do you listen to the podcast? I don't anymore. I used to. Uh, well, I, like when I did yours the first time, I was pretty proud of that. I, I was like, fuck, man, like. It's like no matter how big or small a podcast is, like a, a brand is podcast, when you get asked to be on it, it feels like the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, fuck, man, I can't believe I'm about to be on some microphones. Like, at, at first it was fucking wild, you know? So when it happened, man, I was telling my friends, hey, dude, check out me on the podcast. Like, they didn't know my story already. And you know what I mean? Like, it was <laughs> such a unique thing or some shit. But Well, and, you know, people in the motorcycle industry aren't used to microphones. Yeah. You know, I wasn't like, at first, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, like Rogan, the guy, the guy that made me start doing this. Mm-hmm. Most of the people that he has on his show, at least when I was listening originally, it was people that talk on a microphone to some degree yeah. or in front of a camera, whether it's a comedian or a musician or an mm-hmm. actor. Now, then he started going down like the doctor. You know, now he has Every, such yeah. a wide array, but a lot of them are still – you either have their own podcast, you know. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people have microphone time. And, you know, like this setup right here, I don't think this isn't for all my guests. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I still I still, I still, still like the hidden microphone. Like yeah. let's forget that we're even on microphone. Except for Scott, Chemical Candy, you got to like tell him every 30 minutes that this is being recorded <laughs> and I'm not going to edit, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like I, I feel like over the last – since we did that first podcast in 17 – I feel like everything in our society has changed, and I feel like more and more people have become used to being in front of cameras, whether they're fucking TikTok dancing or, you know, how many people started a podcast and and not followed through with it. I I just feel like it's becoming another part of, like, being a human these days. You know what I mean? Like, being used to being in front of a camera on your phone or, you know, starting some kind of YouTube or being it, like, I'm complaining right here, but I'm also kind of (laughs) like... You no, know. but it's true. I mean, it's like, you know, we're my wife hates to hear it when I talk about this, but we're slowly headed to a metaverse, you know? Like, literally, that yeah. is where things are going. Like, maybe not in my lifetime it won't be as prevalent, yeah. but, like, you know, we're going to a place where, like, you're wearing shit and you're hooked up to the fucking Internet to communicate with people. Yeah. You know, we're already doing it with a phone in our pocket. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
It's like slowly grabbing a hold more and more. And some people, I love it when I meet somebody uh, that doesn't have any connection to the Internet. You know, yeah, they're, they're lucky. Like, yeah, they're like, uh, I don't know that they're lucky, uh, but it's just the unique individual these days. Mm-hmm. You know, like even some old timers, they're like, you know, they're the worst at social media, which cracks yeah. me up, you know. Well, when I say it, I think they're lucky. I feel like they're like, from my perspective, I can't. I can't get away from social media because too much of my life relies on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So in a sense, I'm trapped in it. And to, to be a place in life where your, your income, your livelihood, like your friends, none of that matters through social media. It's just like that's just the thing you choose to do. Then I feel like you're in a lucky position not have to, to not have to need that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so it's like, I don't know, man. Like I, uh, I'd love to talk shit about social media, but I also, you know, I'll be the biggest hypocrite that it's brought me so much great things in life. I just think that it's the the landscape's changing so much that how it was in 2016 and 2017, how it was a little bit more inspiring when you see shit going on, you see a rad bike being built, like, oh, fuck, let me follow that. You know what I mean? It was just, it was smaller, it was more intimate, you know what I'm saying? And now it's just this. You post a picture and you get 40 dudes asking you what size bars those are and what fucking fairing it is, and it says it in the goddamn post. <laughs> and then it's just this constant, like, mindlessness. You know yeah. what I mean? And I don't know. I uh, I don't know. I fucking – I love it, hate it. I, you know, yeah. Well, I think, man – I've tried to not rely on it. Smart, yeah. I've uh, tried to not rely on it. Now, I think I've – you know, I, it hasn't worked out, or it's worked out. But I'm saying, like, maybe I could have monetized some things better or could, still could yeah. have, you know, like, you know, there's part of me that wishes I would do more to, like, create a viral picture or do, you know, like, I know that that would, that would, that would give my kids a sweeter dirt bike, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, ah, you know. Fuck! If you don't catch me doing whatever I'm going to do, there's a slow, there's a small chance I'm going to do it again. I, I mean, from the outside looking in at you, I feel like you've become more of a draw for brands to to want to work with you. Like I've noticed that over the time. Like, you know, uh, maybe it's just my outside perspective. Like I don't know all the details between them, but you know, when you're out there doing all the shit that you do and traveling and being a part of this, it's like. You know, I see you running around at Sturgis. You know what I'm saying? I see you, you know, doing throwdown stuff. I, you know, Harley's reposting things that you do and shit like that. Or people that I know at Harley, they all fucking like you and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's, <laughs> it's like, in a sense, like instead of you trying to be the one to make something viral, like you do shit that is kind of viral. Viral, and the more people that like get around you and start exposing the type of shit you do, I think that it's gonna. 100% kind of catapults your whole brand and everything. I, I think mean, you're too busy doing shit to be like, oh, let me go set up the camera and say, hey, guys, uh, welcome to, you know, Danger Dan's 101. Oh, uh, dude, I got so much video, too. You have no idea how many fucking, sim- what are they, fucking cards, whatever the, uh, sim cards. They're not nah, sim cards. they're fucking, uh, fuck. <laughs> I got 40 of them in my car right now. <laughs> I got a ton of them filled with video, you know. Micro like SD cards. SD cards, yeah. And, you know, like of my trip through Mexico, Central America. I got tons of fucking sweet footage, you know. Yeah. Like, I did recently in Sturgis. I sat down with uh, the guys from Grand Teton Harley-Davidson, mm-hmm. which have just been. Yeah, I heard they helped you out a lot on your Pan America. Oh, with they've that just trip. been helping me out, period. period. Ever since I met them. Like, 
any, you know, fuck, they showed up to the Mint and caught a bunch of sweet footage for that. You know, I hit him up with the Mint. I was just like, hey, we're going to be doing some cool shit, and it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm not going to document it very well at all. If you yeah. guys would like to come down here and do that, that way I have a place to, like, enjoy this memory one day, yeah. come on down. And they were fucking stoked to do it. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, they've helped me out with, like, tires, fucking batteries, just knowledge, or just, like, when I'm freaking out because my bike with a computer and it does something funny, I'm like, call them up, freaking out, like, oh, my God, it's not working. And then they're like, all right, just calm down. What would you do? And then I turn the button on and it starts working. Yeah. You know, like, you they're forgot literally, to unplug it and then yeah, plug it back in. Whatever <laughs> it is, it's like, uh, you know, lucky for me, I haven't had any serious problems with my bike. Yeah. Even when I thought I did. On the beaches of Costa Rica, yeah. I got that thing fucking tore apart. I think it's like a starter clutch or I think it's all this dumb shit. And finally I'm like, fuck it. You know, like I'm going to go home and yeah. get some parts. So I went home, uh, Idaho Falls, Grand Tetons. They send me like, fuck, I don't even remember what they sent me. A starter clutch. They sent me a bunch of shit and a fresh battery. Mm-hmm. And they were like, just put the battery in before you do anything else. Yeah. And sure enough, I put the battery in and the fucking, fucking thing worked, worked just fine. <laughs> like, I, you know, before I left on this trip, I changed two things. Yeah. Which is what I do on my chopper before I go on a trip. I put a new battery in mm-hmm. and I do new tires. I put a battery and I put tires on that fucking bike. Yeah. The battery crapped out and I put the front wheel on backwards and had it in limp mode for the first fucking. <laughs> so that was why countries. it was. Yeah. Okay, yeah. The front wheel was on backwards. And it's like there's there's no I mean, I you know, maybe there is a something, yeah. but I didn't see it. I mean, I, I noticed later on this one of the spacers on one side is recessed just to cut hair yeah. for the speedo. That was the whole fucking lip mode that makes situation. Sense. Yeah, that's weird because I remember you listen. I haven't listened to every single one since you did that uh, down there in like Colombia and all that shit. But yeah, that was one of those things I heard you talking about. You were trying to make it to Medellin to hit the Harley dealership, but then the dealership or the whole town was like on holiday or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, you're like, yeah, I got to get it out of limp mode. It still works, but it's not running as fast as it should. And I was, oh, at that point, I'd fixed it. Oh, you had? Oh, yeah. Okay, no, so it, something else. At that point, I just wanted to flash the computer. You know, like, mm. just an update, like, yeah. I don't know, just because I can, and I wasn't sure when the next one I was going to see was. But it wasn't like, yeah, I mean, it was close, so I just yeah. kept going. It was, you, know? How, you know, one of the things I did, you know, wanted to ask you about that trip, because that's kind of like that kind of trip that you're doing, or I think you're kind of still in that trip, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going back to Ecuador and, oh, it, on Tuesday. Yeah, so that right, I mean, this whole situation is kind of uh very, very – it's something I really want to do in my life at some point. Yeah. And you've, you've you know, crossed the border many times down into Mexico, but I feel like that's always been the scariest part for me and just the, the unknown aspect of it. You know what I mean? I've never even attempted or tried or even thought about it. It's almost like I want to skip all that and just go to – it's probably worse down there in some spots, but, you know. No, dude, honestly, that was what my – so originally, yes, I wanted to do this trip. Yeah. Like four years ago. I want to ride through Central – I don't want to skip Central America. I want to ride to South yeah. America. And then I fucking went to Nepal, mm-hmm. right? Remember that. Flew over there and did a fucking tour. There was a guide. Baron Booty had all the places to stop, all mm-hmm. the places to see. All we did was ride bikes and have fun. Yeah. And I was like, 
well, fuck, right? Like, that's how – like, that changed the way I travel. Like, if I'm going to be away from home, I'm just going to go – Yeah. I'm going to fly to Columbia and ride around Columbia, spend a week there or two weeks, mm. then come home. And then – the Mezcal Moto Rally, which I, I brought some fucking Mezcal Moto Rally Mezcal back from Mexico, and I want you to try that. Is it in here? Yeah, that's that's uh that was the brand that sponsored it. This is the this is the farm I stopped at on the side of the road. So we'll we'll try that in a minute. But uh the Mezcal Moto Rally, it came up, you know, and it's got like a what is that? Like what's it kind of based on? What kind of liquor is it based out of? Some Mezcal. Is that what that is? Mm-hmm. It's got a little smoky cactus. Yeah. I taste the smoke for sure. But, yeah, the trip just fucking, you know, it turned into me going to see a friend in Costa Rica because I was yeah. going to be halfway there. I didn't even think about the four borders I was going to cross. <laughs> if I would have looked into it, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Because like, it's just fucked. I mean, like, so what, I guess what I'm getting at is, yes, I wanted to do the trip like that. Mm-hmm. But after time, I was like, no, I don't – there's no need for me to, like, ride through all that shit. You know, like, I'd rather go down and, like, focus on one place yeah. and really – That's a unique way to do it. I, I mean, I, I don't know that I've ever really thought about doing it that way. Rather than maybe taking a complete here to Argentina or, or to the bottom, like, a break in the middle. You know what I mean? But not, like, bam, go and then do it all. Yeah. It makes sense. It, it, man, like, how 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 is it, like – getting back into that mode after you're in a country like that. I mean, listen to one of those podcasts where you were talking about this guy on this bicycle, which I started following after you had uh, yeah. mentioned him. Sean Dronia. Follow that dude and uh, just how you, like, meet this guy on the side of the road, and now he's kind of like you're, like, he's kind of helping to guide you through the fucking country. Oh, yeah, we were doing, doing it for each other. Yeah. You know, like, I uh, went to a place, I told him about it. He went to a place, he told me about it. Yeah. And, and then, like, all the hostels and just, like, the unique perspective of not necessarily talking to the locals, but all the other people that travel to the, out of these countries. And there was – I don't know, man. I feel like that show, that one I'm talk, talking about in particular, was very engaging that you had done because I really felt like I was sitting there. And I don't know if you did some sound design with the fucking – like, the, all the Dude, shit we in the were background. sitting next to a <laughs> fucked up pool, and then an even more fucked up river was right okay. next to us. And they were doing all this, like – Crazy construction work, and as soon as we press go, they quit for the day. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, but it, you hear the birds. It sounds like you're in a fucking jungle. You know what I mean? And, you know, I, it's kind of like those old road shows you we used were. to do. <laughs> you were <in> jungle. <laughs> <laughs> it just reminded me of those old road shows, like on the way to, you know, Daytona and fucking, you yeah. know, you hear the cars passing. You have you ran out of gas for the third fucking time or some shit, you know? Yeah. I love that, man. Like, that's a unique perspective of, like, podcasting that I think that uh, you've always done real well at um i don't know i get in my head too much when it comes to those things like like i feel like i'd have to write a script not word for word but like oh dude i trust me it's gotten so like on this last trip i did these recaps you know after yeah you know at at one point i was like man i could do a recap every day right yeah because yeah. so much crazy shit happens it's like just a bunch of waves of up and down and yeah you know fucking highs and lows and but then at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm like processing what happened, you know? Yeah. It's like, and I'm like trying to enjoy whatever place I'm at. So, so then I started like, and then things would happen 
and then I would talk to people back home and like tell the story a couple times, kind of like talking yeah, about the, yeah. like I would say it out a couple times and figure out a way to, you know, I was pretty much building a script in my head as yeah, to how sense, to go yeah. about it after a few days. And, uh, you know, one thing I did like about the road shows, which is also what I didn't like was like, you know, how exposed I was like when, like when I break down and I'm like trying to diagnose my bike and I think it's one thing and, and I'm like fucking with that forever and talking about it and then come to find out it's a battery, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Oh God, I'm an idiot, you know? Yeah. Uh, but that's, I, that's I mean, the humanizing aspect of it though. Yeah. I mean, those things are what everybody's going to go through when they, yeah. when they do that stuff. So, but yeah, this trip down South is just fucking, I mean, it's surreal. I mean, it sounds that way. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I, I watched that um, that long way up or whatever the most recent one was. And oh, they did the electric bikes. Yeah, it, there was that. That was kind of an annoying part about it because I was more interested in just all this place, but it was like the drama was finding a charger every fucking day. It's so bad, and dude. I felt like it. It was too much like political. Like let's be fucking activists and not like riding bikes and. And really, you know, just talking about what it's like to be on the road. I mean, I don't know. I guess. It, I, well, I think they they've done that in their other. Yeah, yeah. So they were, I, you know. I that's the only thing I could think is. Yeah, I mean, they you, like, yeah, they went around the world, and that was very entertaining. Did then you they, watch that one? I watched them all, and uh, then they went all the way from like uh, Ireland to like the bottom of uh, South America or uh, Africa, and. The drama that was on that one was uh, Ewan decided to bring his old lady on half the trip, and it fucked the dynamic of the duo up. Oh, yeah. He never read motorcycle as a maintenance. Yeah. Zen a motorcycle and maintenance. <laughs> so uh, th- that was a unique perspective because I'd always tell my friends, see, that's why we don't fucking bring women on our trips, man. Yeah. You know, we fly them there, and then we hang out with them when we get there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. Um, I mean, either way, it's tough. Yeah. You know. When yeah. you bring in somebody from the outside that's not like. I mean, it's like traveling. It's like I'm, I'm putting together a trip next year, and it's like, you know, if I take my Sportster down a fucking BDR road and there's a guy that goes with me that's on a fucking KTM 1190, yeah, we're not going to have the same. I'm going to be yeah. ready to stop way sooner than he is, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, and it's just like it's, it's hard to uh, keep on the same page. Uh, yeah. And that's the same thing when you just got somebody who's like, in a chase vehicle behind you, you know, they're like in a different pl- space. Totally yeah. different. Yeah. And to be clear, I'm not saying like w- women are allowed to go on trips with us. I'm just saying like, I'm not going to take my <laughs> wife on a trip and she's not a rider and she, she I'm going to buy her a bike so she can go try to be a part of this thing that we do. It's yeah. like, it's ruining everybody else's trip because I need to do that on, on our own somewhere else, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. is what I mean to say. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the dynamics of group travel is one thing that I've been working through the past two years, really. Ever since uh, I went to Nepal, and then after that, me and Kickstart Mike did the trip down Saw in the Copper one. Canyon, yeah. which was like, yeah, I was like, oh, I fuck. need to have him on. I've been, I've been out of sight, out of mind until like you post something or he posts something. He's on the road. I'm like, fuck, I need to talk to this dude. And then, you know, then I forget about it. And you then, should. Yeah. That dude's fucking solid gold. Yeah, I saw him man. at uh, Stow Down. Said what's up to him for a few minutes and shit. Nice. Fucking rides, man. I love that. Oh, I, I can't. I pray that I can be as badass as he is. <laughs> I know, dude. Everybody I, does. Yeah. Oh man, fucking kickstart my. Well, who have you had on your show lately? What? Because I've I've been fucking man. You I think you've been spaced out, dude? 
Well, uh, in June, I was on the road for a month when we went to uh, our big trip that we do with our friends. We went to, like, Washington and all up Pacific Northwest. And then – How many of you did that? Eight of us. So, every year, me and uh, – me, seven other dudes, we do a trip somewhere the same in same seven dudes? Yeah. That's sick. It, it didn't start that way, but we've kind of chiseled into that. We One year, we did, like, ten people. One year, it was nine. And now, we're kind of like – we have a good set – Everybody yeah. is nobody's like, allowed to bring any fucking friends next year. It, it's it, bringing someone new in every once in a while. It's okay. Like it just really depends. Like you get the right dynamic, the right kind of. So do you guys have a group vote? Like, yeah, I mean, at, at this point now, we're pretty much everything but an MC. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but so we were on this trip, and uh, you know, this is the fourth year in a row that we've done a trip like this. Last year we went to Maine and all that mm-hmm. stuff, and this year we did Pacific Northwest. So. All we have left is the Midwest as far as knocking out all 50 states together as a group. Well, halfway through this thing, we uh, I split off and went back to California and NorCal, and I started doing podcasts all the way down and then hit Born Free. So I total was on the road for 29 days. Damn. And, uh, you know, I kind of wanted to do that. The opportunity came up. I was kind of worried about being away from my family, my wife, my, my kid, um, and shit like that. Just being away from my shop, my business. Uh, but – Things worked out. It was a good opportunity, and I wanted to try it to see. I was like, I'm either going to love it being on the road this long or I'm going to hate it. You know what I mean? So I fucking loved it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was amazing. My buddy Jaden said it best. It's like every day was Saturday. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you didn't have to go to work the next day, and you didn't work the day before. Or You know what I mean? It's like this constant uh, situation. But I, I got quite a few. I, I got to sit down with uh, – with Yaniv from Power Plant, I'd always wanted to talk to him, and I was kind of nervous to reach out to him for some fucking reason, I guess because he has a blue check on his goddamn super Instagram. Super rad cat, right? Dude, I fucking was in his shop just staring at every crack for, like, like just like I was zoned out, like looking at all these parts and all these things, and he has all this memorabilia, uh, like old helmets and all this shit that he kind of rents out to the to Hollywood yeah. to use and shit. Of course, he was uh, starting his Virginia City build uh, at that time, and, you know, it I just something about being at his shop right there on Melrose. It just, I felt like I was plugged into something kind of special, and I love that aspect of it. Got to sit down with Daryl Bassani, um, the owner of Bassani Exhaust. He, you know, he's old man now, but dude kind of started crying a little bit on the podcast, just talking about his life and and you know, kind of how the Dyna culture saved his business from really? going under. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, I wouldn't say crying. He, he got a little teary, and you can kind of hear it in his voice. He got voice. emotional. He got, there he got we go. Emotional. emotional sounds way more manly. Yeah. So, um, and then a handful of other, you know, great dudes. I mean, there was, there was a handful of good podcasts on that trip. And since I've been back, it's kind of been more of a uh, homies, you know, shooting the shit. You know, I, I, I took a, a page out of Rogan's playbook. I'm like, I want to have the people on that, that interest me, like, just like you do, but – because I can't always be on the road and I can't always get them in, and I don't like doing a phone podcast. Yeah. Um, I've, I wanted to create a cast of characters. I wanted my own Burt Kreischer and my Tom Segura and my, you know, Ari Shafir, those guys that I can have in the, the podcast, you know, studio any time of the year and always get something interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's just us being bantering, going, you know, fuck with each other back and forth or, you know, recapping some event that we all went to or – pulling up 10 things that are going on on social media right now that we want to fucking just talk shit about. And ironically enough, like those have become like very successful episodes for us because the return guests, they start to get like a, 
you know, a lot of people might like that guest or those guys or us together as a group. And you just, you know, it's done well for our podcast to be able to have yeah. that kind of dynamic. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So. <clears throat> what? A, tell me about the trip. You and seven dudes ride to the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Were you camping? <laughs> How many miles were you guys doing a uh, day? Did you set like a map? Did you map it out or was it? So we kind of do that. It, so what what, I, what we do every year is, and we it's just an excuse to get together and drink and talk shit, but. We have like a a meetup usually in December, and all the guys will come out usually in my shop or something, and we kind of know our direction. Everybody comes to the table with shit they want to see or do or check out, yeah. right? And then we all just sit there. I have that big screen in my and I sit there and I hook up to the computer and I pull up Google Maps, and then we just go through the list. Sometimes it takes twelve fucking hours sitting in that room. You pe- podcast this whole thing? I, I should, but there's too many mouths and too much shit going on back yeah, and yeah, forth that yeah. it, it, it really gets Tough too to muddy. To. Yeah. But we sat there and, you know, we just go through the whole thing and it's like this it's a it's a really awesome thing to say it and when you leave out of that room we know we have an idea of where we need to get to for the first couple of days. We try to because there's eight of us you have to be a little bit more planned with your trips. You can't just freestyle every day because if you want to go camp somewhere on the coastline of California, you know, if it's you by yourself, you can go tuck behind some rocks somewhere and fucking sleep up in the cut. But if it's 80, you, you know what I mean? Like you, it's a hard thing to do. So you end up having to book campsites ahead of time. And those become more of the things that you, you're kind of stuck to that. The other like hotels, things like that. You're like, we can push to another town or we can stay in this town and make yeah. whatnot. But, um, yeah, I mean, our goal this year. Uh, so the camps, the the pre-planned campsites are like the hard stops. Yeah. You know, say yeah. there's two days to get to that campsite. We have booked for this day. Mm-hmm. We'll stop somewhere in between wherever it works yeah. out. And I, I have a lot of friends out in Cali and even up in, in the Pacific Northwest. So some of them just opened up the houses and we just mobbed in and fucking. I have a buddy that had a house, has a house in a Discovery Bay. It's in, kind of like a, in between Stockton and like, um, what do you call it? Like the Bay Area, if you will. Uh but Discovery Bay is, like, on the delta there. So every house has got, like, a boat, you know, slip on the back of it and shit like that. And uh, my buddy's like, yeah, man, I got a trap house up here if you want to come hang out there. And I'm like, hi. I thought he was joking. It's a fucking straight-up trap house. You open the, the goddamn cabinets, there's nothing but weed in it everywhere. And everybody's doing coke out on the, balc- on the balcony at the water. And it's just like, I'm like, okay, then I guess we're partying here tonight. And so yeah. it was a good time. Um we have, you know, we have a, a good homie, uh, Bruce, who has a. He lives on top of a fucking mountain, right on uh, Hood River, I think, is the or White Salmon. It's right on the Columbian River between like uh, Washington and uh, Oregon. Or, okay. And, and so, uh, you know, he just like, hey man, if you guys want to all camp here, cool. Of course, it was fucking pouring rain, and so we had just all mobbed into his uh, living room. But it was just badass, man. Like people opening up their houses to us like that, and. You know, it's like I said, if it's just me, it's easy. That shit's all over the place. You almost don't even have to get a hotel room, but, you know, seven other guys, and we're pretty thick. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> we take up a lot of space. And we, we definitely raise the temperature in the house. So, um, but no, I mean, that's, that's kind of, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, our goal as a group is also to go international at some point. We just don't know exactly how, uh, most of us have DWIs, so we can't get into Canada. Um, we want to do the Mexico thing, but we don't know how, you know what I mean? Like, do we want to go on our nice, pretty custom painted bikes down to Mexico or we want to get something a little bit more inconspicuous? Like there's a lot of those things up in the air and I don't know. 
Dude, I wouldn't be scared of Mexico. Once yeah. you get past like the first sixty miles at the border, yeah, you're pretty much good. You know, the 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 one problem you may run into is like the partying aspect. Yeah. You know, like you, you just get a hotel and go there and party. You know, yeah, like yeah. book the fucking hotel with the bar. Yeah, you, know, you don't want to be out like bar bouncing unless you find somebody. And I would imagine that there's people down yeah, there yeah. that listen that would fucking. Yeah, can connect. steer you in the right direction. In uh, listening to the locals, you know, yeah. it'll, it'll go a long way. I think we're going to try to do something over on, like, I guess on the Baja side of things uh, yeah. soon. Probably not like the – not the El Diablo run or anything like that, but we got a lot of homies in um, in um, San Diego, so – and they go in and out all the time. So I figure, like, hey, why don't you guys escort us down and show us the spots, you know, and we'll kind of go do that, and that will kind of get our dick yeah, wet. Go down there will. to Papa's and Beer. Yeah. I heard about that place. It's yeah. like in Ensenada, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm uh I'm still I, I'm Or st- fucking do do the fu- do a motorcycle Sherpa trip, dude. I, I thought about that. I yeah. mean, really, just all you guys book it and go go fucking ride the Himalayas or find like, you know, I'm working with a tour company right now in Ecuador called Ecuador Motorcycle Rental. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they like have a fleet of fucking dirt bikes, adventure bikes, and then you can do, like, a self-guided tour where mm-hmm. they just, like, they literally give you GPS routes. They book all your hotels, and you guys go off on your own. Yeah. Or you pay a guide to go with you. And, you know, and, like, I mean, Colombia is where you guys need to go, dude. Yeah. yeah. Fucking Colombia was so sick. And there's, like, like I said, there's beautiful women from all over the world traveling by themselves. Yeah. With all their shit on their back using public transportation. You guys could go down there and rent some motorcycles and be fine, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like, I guess, the uh, the thing that we don't realize, that people back backpacking is a very common thing in all cultures, if you will, if they can get out of the country. And, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know why we uh, – there's, like, this thing in my head where we're, I feel like we're special or some shit, like we're going to get fucked with the most or something like that. I don't know. I mean, you will with that attitude. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I'm going to will it into existence <laughs> uh, or some you'd shit. You'd be like the big Mies of the trip, dude. <laughs> Just fucking like he's got this this magnetism to negative energy. He's Just yeah. like bringing it in, people fucking with him. Uh, but, you know, I mean – just take some chances. I mean, here's the thing. There's always some shit that can go wrong. Yeah. That's the – that is I'm, – I'm really in love with, uh, like, solo stuff right now, too. You know yeah. what I mean? And so, as much as I, I, I'm thankful to have a, a badass group of friends that I can travel with and kind of keep me motivated to do shit, I, uh, I, love, I love coming into, a, you know, just riding by myself. No, I don't know how far I'm going to make it today, but I do know in two days I'm going to be staying at Homeboy's house in this place, and we're going to go do this or do a podcast. And I like that aspect, man. Like, I I was I was, I was jonesing to go to New York this year or next month. I'm not going to go, but I was thinking, like, fuck, man. Like, wouldn't mind going back to the block party and seeing all the homies up there in New York. And I just love it up there. You know, I really do. And uh, but Yeah, you went up there, what, like three years 2020, ago? 2020, yeah. I got to ride the fucking, you know, New York City with – during the pandemic yeah that's sick. it was fucking so sick dude there was no cars anywhere we were mobbing the street dude it was oh wow and then so that that's my it's my unrealistic first exp- or, uh, impression of new york city like where the fucking cars at dude we're fucking See, i want the opposite i want to go and it's just fucking 
bouncing, you know. Yeah. We're, we're just splitting lanes, riding on the fucking sidewalk, just yeah. getting where we need to get. We did that, too. We, get. <laughs> we ended up hooking up with some dudes to go to uh, to the block party, and uh, we were staying, like, in, uh, I guess, Newport something or fuck, I don't know, oceans. Everything's ocean, Freeport, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Um, we had to go to Queens to meet up with one of the homies, and then this dude, uh, NYC Danny Danny D, wild motherfucker. Uh, badass, you know, 124 FXR. We're going the wrong way down the one way, on on and off the sidewalk, go, cutting through, like, loading docks. I felt like it was some Sons of Anarchy shit, but New York style. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, just lawlessness. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had a, I had a blast. And uh, That's I what I love about riding in South America and Central America. Is yeah. That's just how you ride all the time, everywhere, <laughs> at all times. It's like, just hey, you just got to get there. It doesn't dude, matter and how. That's what all the other bikes are doing, dude. Yeah. It's like. For some reason, they just nobody's asking for uh, permission. No, <laughs> just fuck, nobody, nobody's fucking with the bikes. It's like as long as you don't fuck with anybody else, nobody yeah. really fucks with you. You know? Yeah, it makes sense. There's no like negative. There's no Karens down there. Like this motherfucker splitting lanes. I'm gonna honk my horn and get over. You yeah. know? Like it's the complete opposite. That, yeah, that's. I mean, there's Karens in New York for sure, but, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you that, you know, like I said, once again, I was listening to those podcasts. You were talking about, like, waiting on one of those, like, you know. Oh, where, the construction the side construction on that side, zone? Yeah. Dude, that was so fucking gnarly. That was, like, I so badly, like, my GoPro was not working. I yeah. didn't get any footage, no photos. There was no, like, I wasn't going to stop to, yeah. like. Like, I was just in the zone, racing through the construction. I fucking forgot about that, dude. That was so sick. <laughs> like, literally, one-way traffic, we're just off-roading through the construction site. Yeah. Anywhere that was free, nobody gave a fuck. Oh, god damn. I love that, man. But, you know, like, um, you know, I, I guess I have a little bit more of a unique uh, opportunity to go out and stay a little bit longer on the road because of, you know, being self-employed and things like that and, and kind of like, you know, making somewhat of a living off doing a podcast. So, in a sense, like being on the road, meeting You're people. giving back to the community by going out there yeah. and sharing stories. Exactly. And, uh, you know, and there's always somebody in some small town that's rad as fuck that, you you know, you could probably run into and has an interesting story or something like that. I, I like to do more of that. I don't do it as much as I should, but, um, you know. That's my favorite. It's just the yeah. just rolling up with random people. Yeah. Or like when, you, when you're riding and somebody like. You find somebody that's going in your pace, and then mm -hmm. you roll with them for, you know, for how on the way back from Sturgis, dude, this guy on some kind of fucking Honda or some fucking like it was an old school street bike, like not not yeah. quite like a crotch rocket, but you know, in that vein, not okay. too old. It wasn't a cruiser, but it was like a get down. Yeah, yeah. And dude, I fucking chased him down. Like I saw him, like. 10 cars ahead, 15 turns. You know, I finally catch up to him, and he's like, turns back and looks at me and just takes off. And I just fucking hammer down. Now we're just like rolling down the fucking solid yellow lines in between cars yeah. going both directions. And uh, we get to the next town, and he pulls into a gas station. He pulled in just to talk to me. I, I needed fucking gas in yeah. my chopper, you know. And he came up, and he was so fucking stoked. He was like, not many people can fucking roll like that, much less on a fucking piece of shit chopper <laughs> like this. <laughs> he was so stoked. That's awesome. It was so fucking awesome. And what's funny is I thought it was a girl. For real? Like, I got up close, and I was like, fucking pink helmet, like, 
thin body, legs. I'm like, damn, this girl is rolling. Dude, end up being like some 60-year-old dude, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, those are always fun, man. Like, I've, I've had uh, I, so many of those things where you're riding somewhere. And, dude, it's always crazy because I would see, like, uh, pulling a gas station out in middle of New Mexico. This will be like on a solo trip and, like, there's a dude on a bicycle that's got the saddlebags on the front forks and on the back, and you can't like not go say hi to this dude and not ask him all. where he's from. And I'm, I'm sure he might get tired of it. Like, oh, you know, everybody's asking oh, it's him. Just like what do you? Why are you that doing come that? up to me? Hey, yeah. nice sportster. Yeah. Um, but the older I get, the more I'm intrigued by by what compelled him to want to do that. You know, what compelled this guy to want to walk across the country or ride? I mean. Maybe he's just fucking insane, or maybe he's just like, this is my escape from fucking, you know, taxes and goddamn credit scores and, you know, bosses and bitchy wives and dude, shit Dude, I like met that. a guy like that on the way to Sturgis. Mm-hmm. There's a dude with a fucking, on a bicycle with a trailer behind him. He's, and he's on one of those sit-down bicycles. Oh, shit. So I fucking, I blast past him, and I turn around, I come back to see if he's okay. He's like, nah, man, I'm fine. I'm just going to set up camp. He's like. Probably six 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 eight. God damn, super skinny. He'd been on that bicycle for twenty two years, dude. Holy shit! Everything he owned was in that trailer that he built. Yeah, that, that's. You know, when I was telling you about being on the road for a month, you know, after you know following and knowing of Scooter Tramp Scotty for so long, it's kind of like his stories of like when he first went out. He went out for you know two weeks, and then it was a month, then it was two months, then it was six months, then it was a year. And I was like, I mean, part of me really loves that idea of that lifestyle, you know, of just being on the road. But also there's a big part of me that I love when I've been gone for a lot. I, the, the missing home, missing my wife, missing my the life that I left. Like, to me, that's almost like a, a re reignited fire, you know, to get home. And I feel like I come home like a different person. Yeah, I think traveling <clears throat> like we get to do. Yeah with a home to come back to mm-hmm. is monumental. I don't know that I would do it. <clears throat> I, <clears throat> I mean, obviously, <clears throat> if I didn't have a home, I, you know, I don't know what I'd do, but probably just be fucking smoking dope, you know, selling <laughs> my bike for drugs. Uh, but, yeah, I think that that's what makes – I mean, I tell my wife this all the time. You know, sometimes it's just to butter her up, but I, I really do believe that, like, the best part of the trips is coming home. Yeah. And, like – I, I don't know. The traveling just wouldn't be the same if I was, like, just out with no goal, no, like, you know, with nothing to come back to. That's it's, yeah. I think – I don't think that we can even wrap our heads around that. I think me and you are very fortunate when we travel. Yeah. We have a home. we got a family to come back to, and we still get to go do that. Yeah. It's a very unique experience, and it's, it's – like It peaking. can be – it can toy with your mind. Like, oh, yeah. I might like doing this, but I – I just don't know that it's anything comparable to, like, yeah. not having a home base. And you've, you've heard Scott, uh, Scooter Tramp Scotty talk about, like, he carries his home with him. And he makes yeah. – he goes to places and sets up a home base, yeah. you know, like – because that's, like, you know, that's really important to have, you know. Yeah, and that, that's – like I said, it, it's like, you know, we're peeking behind that curtain of what it's like to be on the road for an extended period of time, you know what I mean? And – uh it's all enticing at first, but you know, yeah. If you if if I if I kept doing that and pissed away my home life and didn't have a wife anymore and you know my kids are grown or whatever the case may be, then I you know, uh, 
an ignorant man, I think, would be like, fuck yeah, now I don't have any responsibility. I can go live my life like that. But I think that, it, like you were just saying, it just it changes the, the, the dynamic of of what it means to be out on the road. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. uh, It's not an escape. Yeah, it's yeah. Like a- and, I mean, I, I would love to do this stuff with my wife. Like, if she, if she was to ride or she wanted to get out there or if she ever wanted to get on the back, there's a part of me that would love that experience. Like, I don't know if I'd love it as much as, you know, having a passenger on my bike. I don't think I'm going to like that as much as not having a passenger on the bike. But you know what it's like, man. Like, when you see these small towns, like the places you describe on your on, on your podcast, like being out, even if it's just in America, like, I like that feeling. I like pulling into that gas station on a Tuesday and everybody's going to work and I'm just kind of on my own pace, on my own time. Like, yeah, I just, you know, I'm going to grab a honey bun real quick and a monster or some shit and shoot the shit and then scoot down the road and maybe turn over here if there's something cool to see. Like, I love that feeling of not being plugged into the world's matrix, if you will, Yeah. on a motorcycle, just living my life like there's nothing but Saturdays. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I don't know. I don't even know how the fuck I got into that that little rant, but, you know. <laughs> it's exciting. It's fucking, it is. it is definitely exciting. You know, I'll tell you what was exciting is that last trip I took the guys on. We did Kickstart Mike's dream trip. Oh, shit. Dude, and we rolled with the fucking chase vehicle that had coolers and food, set up camp, fucking cooked amazing dinners. Yeah. Oh, dude, having a chase vehicle was a game changer, (laughs) dude. Maybe it's like what's having about six baggers together. You know, you can carry a lot more shit in six baggers or eight. I was talking to uh, somebody. Fuck, I think I was talking – Damn it, I can't remember who I was talking to uh, recently, but I don't even know if it was Southern Throwdown or not. But I, I go through waves of having chopper fever, right? Oh, and right yeah. now it's pretty fucking, it's pretty bad. <laughs> so I, uh, I think it was you know being at um, being at Yaniv's shop and seeing all his bikes. I've always been a huge fan of that style, you know. And I think it's when I first met all you guys back in sixteen and seventeen, I knew what, what a chopper was, but. I didn't know the world of choppers. I didn't know all the differences between frames and tanks and styles and, you know, you know, fucking all the shit. I just, I didn't know. It was just like, oh, that's cool. That's a shovel head. Oh, but that one's got this weird thing in the front of the, of the cam chest. You know, what's all that? You know what I mean? So now that I've kind of been around it long enough and met some people and learned all these different things and kind of shaped what I think is something that I would want to try. Like I'm at that point where I kind of want to, you know what I mean? And, um, but you know, I'm also torn because there's two, there's two starters that I want two starter bikes, right? Either an FXE and go from there, like a 81, 82. I don't give a fuck. I, I'll put a fucking, you know, uh, Evo motor in it. I don't, it, it's not about the motor to me. It's just the stance. It's everything, how it looks. And, uh, or an 82 FXR, which I would love to have. I've already been talking with Al Emerson a little bit. Uh, one of my favorite builders, by yeah, the way, he's fucking bad. Dude. And, uh, <laughs> You know, Have that, you had him on the podcast? No, I was actually going to be – so I was going to be going to Milwaukee this weekend, and I had planned it to go do a whole Iowa run mm-hmm. uh, just in my Jeep just because I was going to go take a bike that I painted up there for them. But a guy in New Jersey bought it, so I'm going to end up going to uh, Nashville instead in two weeks. So that kind of went off the table, but we had it all set up, but now I'm going to have to make a special run up there. Because there's a couple dudes up there in, in Iowa. Iowa, fuck yeah, yeah there is. That, that I want to talk to. You need to go talk to Jeff Wright. 
Isn't yes. it Jeff Wright, Church of Choppers? Is that his name? Jeff? Yeah, yeah. So I was uh, – I got a connect that knows him that I was going to get to reach out so that whenever I cold Instagram message this guy and yeah. say, hey, can I have you on the podcast, he would, you know, be more uh, reluctant to uh, respond. It, it's crazy. It's like in some in some circles, like, you know, people – I've heard, like, when I reach out to people to get them on a podcast, they've heard of you, and it's, like, an easy, like, they're like, fuck yeah, dude, I'll fly to you right now. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, shit, come on, let's go. And sometimes it's, like, pulling teeth just to, just to you know, like, try to get them to care, you know what I mean, or want it or whatever. And uh, I don't, it's just me complaining. But, you know, sometimes it's like, fuck, man, like, you know, maybe it'll help you out. You know, you might not need any help, you know, right? But maybe this is something you can put back out there in the in the in the world like you all just, this shit all you gotta do is just move on dude yeah that's it for real you can't dwell on it yeah. it's like you know one day they'll come back or they won't uh it's like shops with mc shop tees you know like when i reach out to a shop and they you know they give me attitude or start you know naysaying or whatever yeah. whatever it is i'm like hey dude no sweat you know, yeah. I just go to like, don't even worry about it. Yeah. No offense taken. Uh, just move on. Yeah, that's the, the those are little things that I'm trying to learn as a human. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not to, you know, not to. I don't know. Like I get, I get a little riled up about things, and I I uh, overthink shit and stuff like that sometimes, and and it kind of puts me in a in a headspace where uh, maybe. I'm like, why don't you want to be on my podcast? You know what I mean? Instead of, uh, all right, man, no, no biggie. Shit, no worries. Y'all, y'all have a good one. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's it. I, that's how I need to be. But then I'm like, well, shit, does this dude not like me or something? Like, what's up? What did I do? What the fuck, man? <laughs> Your internal dialogue is strong, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I try not to do the, the fucking cold calls or messages. I try and meet people first. Yeah. But I think it's also helped me back because there's a lot of people I'd like to have on the show and I haven't met them along the way. You know, sometimes I'll reach out like, uh, yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah. Now I'm fucking, now I know so many people I want to have on the show, but I don't want to do it over the phone. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And every second I'm just fucking riding my bike somewhere else, you know. Well, th- I mean, for your show, like I said, it, it makes for a very, very interesting podcast you know, with those experiences, but in a sense that, you know, in that way, I kind of envy you at times, you know, with your podcast and, and the flu- fluidity of you being able to do it anywhere at any time. And I, I have some of the same stuff, you know, the same, you know, I have that same, you know, capabilities, uh, but the video fucking hits hard, dude. Yeah. But I feel like it's also, it, it is, but it, I feel like it's now, now I'm trapped in it, if you will. Yeah. Like, I can go do podcasts on the road still, but I also feel like I have an audience on video side now that want that. And if I don't do it, then I feel like they're like, when are you doing the next video? That shit. But it's – put it like this. If I if I didn't have video at all and I just kind of stuck to – if I had a place to podcast like you do here at, at your house outside of the shop, like maybe I had a big enough garage or something else to do it in when I had people around – the rest of the time, I could just travel. I mean, I make enough money off the podcast, uh, not to cover my life 100%, but to knock out all the big bills. And the rest of the money I need to kind of get by and do shit, I can paint something, little helmet here and there, and, and I'm good. You know what I'm saying? So having that shop and 
just this year alone, my rent rent's gone up like eight hundred bucks. You know what I mean? I was paying fifteen hundred dollars a month for that place. Now it's like almost twenty three hundred. Hey, it's not going to go down anytime soon. Yeah, and <laughs> everything, every aspect of of having that shop has gone up in, in cost. Um, from the rent to the utilities have gone up. Um, in my world of painting, you know, every aspect of painting has gotten more expensive. And, you know, rightfully so, I could just be like, well, okay, now instead of, you know, helmets are 1500 bucks to paint, now they're 2000 But, man, like, it, it's such a quick jump in price that some people – haven't been conditioned as a slow condition to go from 15 to 2000 you know like like in the bagger world of painting baggers a lot of the more higher end painters start around ten thousand dollars to paint a bagger and usually it's three or four grand worth of materials sometimes in that so you know six seven thousand dollars depending on his profit or it's how much you're getting that you don't have to put out there to get the parts you need to paint it right um it just it, it keeps going up man and it to the point where, like, it's not, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't need $200,000 going through my bank account. 70 of it's for materials. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And and the rest, and, and then, you know, I don't know. It, it's just getting to the point where it's kind of, it makes more sense to just paint smaller things and not have a big shot. Well, I'm and, going the opposite direction. <clears throat> I'm going to have the fucking studio, TV, fucking camera set up. Yeah. At some point. I don't know where. That's, I mean. I mean, I have some ideas, but, you know, it's like. I think know, we were talking we're about slowly, it. Slowly getting there. Yeah. This trip really kind of like, you know, kind of changed the tra- trajectory I had going. Yeah. Uh, for the better, you know, or just changed it. Uh, you know, I feel like right now I'm just riding a wave. Yeah. Of, you know, of opportunity. And if that wave takes me. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna ride that wave and see where it takes me. You know. Yeah. No. That's 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 kind of what I'm doing too. I mean, like, I'm not hurting right now. The things that are kind of broken, they still work. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like I'm just gonna. You like you just said, kind of ride that wave out. Um, what I what I, my dream thing. I, I think we were talking about this on when you were on my show last. Is I want a storefront studio. Like a storefront, you walk in and there's like some helmets over there and some T-shirts and like kind of like Chopper Supply was for us here, but with the studio connected to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's kind of like what I've been wanting to do for a while now. Uh, have you, have you, are you teaching anybody else to paint helmets? Fuck no. My brother, we can't hang out in the same room for too long before we. Or he'll beat you up, start bench pressing you. <laughs> Dude, he's a liberal, man. He can't fight me. <laughs> oh, man. He says things like mansplaining. But nobody else? <laughs> uh, man, it's hard to find people that are interested in doing this type of stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? And then, you know, you, you might find someone that's interested into it, but they want to learn how to do the real flashy shit, and they don't want to learn how to do the basics of understanding how to, how to paint. And yeah. without those, you can't really do the other. And so there's like a, there's a patience gap. Is what I like to say uh, between new like people. Amazon wa- reality. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like when I when I got into all this stuff, like I didn't I didn't realize that I was learning how to be a custom painter. I got hired to sand parts. That's it. My job was to wake up, pick up a piece of sandpaper, squirt some water on that tank, and sand it. There was no like, hey, one day you could be here. That was 
I did that, and I was exposed to these things. So I was able – it's it's what you do with that. Like, yeah. I could just stare at this tank, or I can put one eye on that guy with the laying out flames and figure out how he's doing it and then go practice it on my own. Or, you know, like uh, if somebody wanted to come and apprentice, like, hey, you go help me out saying that shit, and then whenever I start doing some other things, I'll let you in on this. And so you'll kind of learn from both ends to the middle. You know, the starting at the grunt work, hiring stuff we're doing, and it'll kind of come to the middle as far as teaching. But, you know, there's – I don't know uh, – I don't know. I mean, I don't have the – I don't know. I haven't put it out there to ask people. And, you know, if we were in L.A. or something, there's so many people out there that, that want to do this type of shit, and it's a much bigger market for that, that I feel like it would be way easier to find an Have you thought about moving out there? I've yeah, always couldn't you just do a podcast easily every single day with yeah. some fucking motorcycle yeah. historian or some shit. True. I, I've always felt like as a you know, if I was just gonna go be a podcaster, yeah, but if I was out there painting as well, I've always said that the reason why I don't have any beef with anybody out there is because I don't live there. You know what I mean? If I'm a painter in their backyard also, then next thing because every painter out there hates each other. You know what I'm really? saying? <laughs> they all have because they all worked for each other at some point or they worked together at another shop or they had a customer that kind of pitted them against each other once. And there's just drama all the time when it comes to painters out there. But with me not being there, like I'm not in, like in their direct pool of uh, their customer base. So I feel like I, I get a pass to go hang out with all of them and nice. all that shit. But same thing with like Phoenix. Phoenix has a lot of really badass painters kind of congested in that area. And most of them are pretty cool together, but there's a couple that are, that are just kind of like, you know, ready to shoot each other when they see <laughs> it's wild. That's just big money side of fucking the motorcycle industry. You know, people are like, Dude, "Oh man, you took that I fucking see behind the curtain." I'm like, "This is fucking Wizard of Oz shit." Oh yeah, it's, it's fucking crazy. It's uh. Well, speaking of the motorcycle industry, what do you think of that new Harley Davidson? The ST, their new fucking. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was a. So did what... you see that coming? Yeah, I, I leaked it. You leaked it? Yeah, on Instagram. The the lowrider? Yeah. So I had that photo of um, for about a year, a year and a half. and uh, A photo of the bike before they released it? Yeah, it was a year and a half before I released it, which I released it four months before they announced it. Really? Yeah, I it was, it was a big this. shit show. So <laughs> the guy that uh, – which I'll never say his name uh, to anybody just, just for his anonymity because he still feeds me shit. Uh, he'd been working from home for the last forever, right? And they were trying because to make of him. Because COVID or yeah. just? Okay. And they were trying to make him get a vax. And he was like, why? I'm fucking at home. Like, you're going to fire me? So he was going through that shit, and he just basically said, hey, man, uh, I, was, I was in Florida, and I was showing one of my friends. And I was like, I texted him and said, hey, can I post this picture? And he's like, yeah, dude, fuck him. And so I posted it. It was in September of last year. And uh, basically, it was the first day was kind of chill. You know, just a lot of likes, people saying, you know, it's not real. It's not going to happen. It, it's ugly. It's stupid. What did you say when you posted it? Uh, fuck, I'll, I'll show you real quick. <laughs> um, basically, all I did was uh, just put it out there. Um, I, like, I like to go by Jay Snowden. Okay. So, you know, we like to leak yeah. stuff here and there. Um. There's fast life snowed, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, but basically, the um, you know, it's like 
you know, Harley's obviously been going through their, their, their different ways of trying to figure out how to market to us. You know, when they dropped the lowrider, or not the lowrider, but the softtails in general a couple of years ago, it was just kind of a piss-poor thing where everybody had boxes. Remember that? And they, you like, no. so they had all these crates, right? And then the unveil was of the new softtail M8 platform was, like, everybody opening their crates, and it was, like, Jason Momoa and Ludacris and a couple influencers. Ludacris? Yeah, yeah. For real? And, uh. Damn, I would have got one if I'd have known Ludacris had one. <laughs> This was like twenty, like eighteen, twenty seventeen, yeah, or yeah. whatever, and that's when we had all those memes. Dude, I fucking I, dude, that bike, that's a great bike, you know. For, yeah. For oh, yeah. whatever, but why the fuck do they have to call it a soft tail? Like, why would they put out a totally new chassis and not come up with a new fucking name for it? Yeah. Well, that's that's the concept, man. It's like they they, I feel like their marketing department just sometimes uh, drops the ball on things. So yeah, I posted this picture in September of last year. Oh, I mean that's a that is the bike. Yeah, and there was you know tons of comments, and what happened was, uh, people started calling their local dealerships and saying, "Hey, what's up with this bike? I want to I want to buy it. I want to put my name down, or I want to get it. When's it coming out?" So there, in the comments, in these uh, in the, oh, one of these hundred. In, in somewhere in that 129 comment situation, yeah. there's people that work at dealerships that run dealerships going, how do you know this? I work at a dealership, and we don't know anything about it. This is fake news, and this is bullshit, and blah, 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 right? And uh, so what was happening is they people were coming to the dealerships trying to ask about this bike, yeah. and dealerships didn't know. So what happened was dealerships then kicked it up to corporate and said, hey, what's up with this bike? Yeah. And that's when corporate got kind of mad. And uh, they wouldn't reach out to me. Really? Yeah. They so they reached out to every brand that I work with that that they are connected with. Like some of my sponsors and like, "Hey, uh, can you tell Jace to put that take that down?" You know, like uh, and and I'm like talking to my sponsors and like, "Should I?" Like they're like, "Fuck no. Don't take it down." Yeah. <laughs> like, and I think But they that, never reached out to you. Never. Uh-uh. Were you checking like the little fucking request DMs? Oh yeah. Trust me, if that blue check with HD next to it would have hit me up, <laughs> good or bad, I'd have been stoked. You know what I mean? Oh, man. But ultimately, I think that it helped them. I think, you know, I think that it helped uh, It helped hype up the whole thing. It helped hype up the um, just the, the release of the bike. Um, it, it made people, like, interested. And then, you know, it, there was a lot of hype around that bike when it came out. And then even the bagger and the, and the, and the street glide they released, I mean – what they're kind of doing with that is just every these are just leftover parts they have. You know what I'm saying? They're, they didn't make a new bike for the for the new um the Rogue Glide ST and the Street Glide ST. They just they had 117 motors from the CVO, so they threw them in there. Uh they had you know these single seats, no back seat things from the uh uh what do they call them? the Electric Glide standard that didn't have anything on it. So they basically took Electric Glide standard, put a fucking 117 motor in it put some nicer wheels on it and ship that bitch out the door. There's no other like real parts on this bike for it to justify being more expensive than a with the fairing. No, I'm talking about the road glide and the street glide. Oh yeah. <clears throat> okay. So now next year, uh, the STs are going to be coming with one thirty ones in them. So all the specials will come with one seventeens and the, and the uh, ST models. One thirty one, dude. Yeah. I rode, I don't know what it was. It was a fucking M8 soft tail. 
Dude, that thing had all the fucking power. Yeah. And it was like a base mod. Like, it wasn't anything special. Yeah. But it felt like a fucking electric motor. You don't even feel the motor do anything. It's just like automatic fucking torque with your hand. Yeah. That's it's a fucking impressive platform. It's special. Don't get me wrong. Like, um, as much as I do, I want a chopper. I, I even want another FXR. I, I just, I couldn't, I can't have that as my only bike. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm going to go ride to California to do podcasts, then I need this. I need a road glide because I got a lot of shit to take. I got. Yeah, no, I get it. I got camera equipment that <laughs> I remember last year when I went and did a solo trip. So you do the camera stuff when you go? No, I, I do a lot of photography work. Okay, so with a lot of other brands and things like that. So, um, you know, that's a lot of shit. And, you know, there's there's some times where <laughs> I shouldn't say it on a microphone, but there's like almost what my bike costs in my saddlebag in electronics. God, you know damn. what I'm saying? And uh, that shit's uh, kind of nerve-wracking when you're, like, getting a little loose around corners, having fun, and you're like, oh, wait. If I wreck this, that shit's not covered in insurance in there. You know what I'm no, saying? No, it's not. So, yeah, that aspect. But, no, I, I do want to uh, – I don't know. I, I got some ideas. I want to do something. And, and as soon as I get through this little tax season coming up next month or October, see what I got left over, and I'm going to see what I can start with and start moving. I'd like to have something by – I'd like to have something going here soon. I mean, I got a lot of great friends like FXR Mike and, you know, Brian, TPJ, like a lot of badass fabricator friends that can help me out with things that I'm not quite good at. But I want to do it myself. You know what I'm saying? Hard tell it, all that type of shit. So. Really? Mm-hmm. Dude, you need to get fucking Emerson to build you a frame. I thought about it. Yeah. For an M8 motor with a fucking six-speed starter? <laughs> See, I want, to, I want to be a chopper guy. I want, I want a leaky motor. Uh, I want to... I want to kick well, then it. Do the work yourself. Yeah, you'll have, you'll get that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really doesn't matter who does the work. As soon as you ride it for any extended yeah. amount of time, it'll, it's going to leak at some point. I somewhere. like the idea of having the experience of riding a bike like that, and and maybe doing some kind of trip on it. Like I don't, I'm not saying that I'm going to fall in love with it, and that's going to be I'm going to be Charlie the traveling chopper now. You know what I mean? I don't know if I if I want to do that. How about that motherfucker straight through Russia? Just got home recently. War. Yeah. What a badass. Ah, dude. That's the podcast that you, you or I both, we need to get that one soon. Get the scoop on. I, I that He's been the best follow, in my opinion, this year on Instagram for me. Just Have you followed Round the World Doug? Uh, I don't so That might be number two. Or, dude, Round the World Doug went straight through Ukraine. He went into Kiev. <laughs> dude, he's got pictures of him with these blown up fucking cars and shit. I'm like. Fucking Doug, are you kidding me? Dude, He's. I think he's riding. I think he's going to meet us in Kathmandu. I don't know mm-hmm. where he's at right now. I think it's RTW Doug. Dude, he's fucking. Yeah, I thought Charlie was nuts, which he is. But then shortly after Charlie was in Russia, fucking Doug rides right into Kiev. <laughs> he rode from fucking Alabama. He went to the fucking, uh, what's that race up there on the island? Isle of Man. Yeah. He, like, worked the Isle of Man, then he just went island hopping through fucking troll country, and then just popped down into Kiev. Wow. Posting pictures of him smiling in town at the fucking military checkpoints. Like, dude. Some people just built different, man. Oh, he is so fucking different. I fucking love that guy. He's actually, uh, he's going on the, <clears throat> the Nepal trip with us in mm-hmm. November. I'm fucking stoked to hear all about it. 
So how are you going to do Nepal this year with like China and all this shit? Is it still p- possible to get in and out of China? China? And oh, you don't have to go to China. Oh, you don't? Okay. No, no. I just went to China because that was the cheapest plane flight. Oh, okay, okay. Like the guy that won the, the podcast or won the uh, won the Nepal trip, yeah. motorcycle Sherpa Nepal trip on my show two, three years ago. Yeah. He, uh, I got to get him a plane ticket, and I'm like, I'm going to buy the cheapest fucking flight that has the most connecting fucking layover he's gonna be in fucking china i'm gonna send him through all the bad places wow just so he can get the same experience i got you know yeah yeah uh but yeah no you don't have to go to the i just went through china because that was yeah that seems like that'd be a fun way to do it though like to see all those places i like traveling though so me like if i didn't paint or something i was i think about this all the time if i have to like leave this world i'm like airports we're not talking i fucking love it dude i don't since i don't do it all the time it's like i'm good with it Oh man, I don't. I do grew it. up poor as shit, so when I'm in an airport, I feel like I'm rich. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Still to this day, like, dude, my buddy Randall's been taking such good care of me. I've been fucking flying first class everywhere. It's been insane, nice. dude. I'm like, I feel I, I, dude, I fucking tried to give my seat up to an old lady one day. You know, really? I'm like, I don't even want you to walk to the back of the plane. You know, just fucking sit here. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go back there. Yeah, it's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah. No, I like traveling, man. So I could, you know, I, I could easily be a truck driver. Uh, you know, I could eat, there's any of that type of shit. Hot shot guy, I would do that in a heartbeat. I just love being on the road, sitting in the car, jeep, truck, whatever. Doesn't matter. I, I like, I like the aspect of just going away to things. Like as soon as when I was coming out here, as soon as I got out of the other side of Fort Worth or on this side, it's like some kind of feeling. Like I'm like, am I going to California right now? You know what I'm saying? Like that's what goes into me. Because that's no, usually the only that's time. That's just because you got you were outside of Fort Worth, dude. Yeah, coming out here is fucking beautiful. Well, yeah, because everything changes out here. Like as soon as you pass Fort Worth, like the trees get shorter, the terrain gets wavier, and you just kind of feel like you're not in Dallas anymore. You know, for me, I, I grew up in Dallas, like in the thick of it. Like never really came to Fort Worth. Never fucking partied in Fort Worth. Uh, the furthest I ever really went west at all was always Arlington. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I'm out here, like, this is all unique and, and uh, foreign to me. You know what I'm saying? So, I love it, though. Like I was telling you, this first time I've been here during the day, and the terrain is badass. All my fucking junk pile of cars out there, dude. Yeah. You're going to be that guy where people are going to be walking up here like, hey, you want to sell that uh, C10 back they there? They get shot at the corner. I fire a warning <laughs> shot, dude, well before they get here, dude. God damn it. No, they come up and ask for hay. They're like, hey, can we buy that hay? I'm like, no. Yeah. See those cows? Not fucking buying their dinner. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Feed to your fucking cows. What's wrong with y'all? Oh, man. So, um, the Fast Life Camp Out. Yeah. What, it's you're big. like four years now? This last year was fifth. Have they thrown you out of Oklahoma yet? <laughs> Is, are you still friends with Adam? Is he we're, still okay with we're that? Still, we're still doing good so far. <laughs> uh, this year was uh, it was unexpectedly double what it was last year wow what kind of number is that over a thousand people and uh a lot of things worked out well um you know as as, you know i've told people a lot of times like here hold on try that that's reposada con gusana is this the stuff from the side of the road dude that's i went straight to the fucking the source on that one (laughs) oh shit stuck it in my saddlebags crossed four international borders and then flew home with it yeah, the keister, that motherfucker. <laughs> dude, the, where'd the worm? You got the worm? You got the worm, dude. No, I didn't. <laughs> I see it down there. Um, 
So the campout, man, uh, honestly, I, I tell everybody that that, that was birthed, I, I guess that's how you'd say that, through Gideon. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Gideon was a, a life-changing event for me. Uh, just the camping and the way it was when, you know, just sitting up there walking from campsite to campsite and the hospitality and how it just felt like one massive party. You know what I mean? It was. That that aspect, uh, even to this day, like, it still, I, I miss it so bad. You know what I'm saying? And um, so that's what we kind of wanted to create at the camp out, but we wanted to kind of make it, you know, not so much about, like, Giddy Up, how was there was a show and there was these vendors. It was more about, like, hey, let's just – Let's just yeah, because everybody's favorite part about Giddy Up was everything but the show. Yeah, you yeah, know, it was the fucking campsite. And so, you know, as like with our podcast and us talking about traveling and and you know, if it, if we're gonna try to inspire anybody to do anything, it's like, hey, you know, get out, ride your bike, uh, come to this thing where everybody else is coming from all over the country to ride to it. And you know, when you get when you pull up, like everybody's stoked to see you. Even I mean, it's gotten a little bit less intimate with the thousand people there. Yeah. Uh, hard to see and talk Every to everybody. Every person rolls in and it's like, yeah, there's another fucking person here. Yeah. Um, but there's still a lot of genuine connections. I think that gets made and, uh, people, you know, are able to kind of link up with other people and ride home with or ride a certain amount and then break off and shit like that. So I think it's, it's been something that's helped a lot of people find a real passion for motorcycles and traveling on them. And that's kind of the goal. It's like, yeah, you're giving them a destination, dude. Yeah. People need that. Yeah, and the destination where it's like, I, I try to tell everyone, hey, go to Sturgis, it's amazing. But when you go to Sturgis, you know you're going to you're going to a big thing. It's hard to go there and and meet people. It's not hard you to can meet, meet people. people. Yeah, it's not like it's hard to be. It's hard to connect with friends though. It is. Everybody's yeah. doing so many other things. It's like even when you have an event to go to, everybody's staying at ten different campsites. Can't get in. You know, them. and yeah. then something happens, and you're like, well, we. We ended up riding over here, you know, yeah, or yeah. whatever. It just So this thing gives people a, a chance to uh, link up with everybody at this event. And, you know, it's it's a biker campground. So you're not, you know, every, everything. I mean, they're doing burnouts at 4 a.m. in a burnout pit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was even getting to the point where I was like, what the fuck? Go to sleep, motherfuckers. Yeah. But the thing is like it's it's a biker party it's that's what it's supposed to be and yeah there's some chopper dudes out there there's a fucking bunch of bagger dudes and dinas and it's a very it's more just like an age group if you will and the age group is like 20 year olds to fucking people that are about to die it's just that's a big age group. it's a that's fucking big people age. that sounds like people. people that like motorcycles yeah. and it's uh it's just a great time and you know last year we we kind of started uh we we put together like a show right like, hey, we're going to be doing a bike show on Saturday. So I got a lot of my, my sponsors and a lot of vendors that are friends, like Hang em High Customs and things like that. I said, hey, make a trophy to give away to your favorite bike in this show. And then what we did was, like, you know, we put my bike and some, some of our bikes in the show. But we were also like, hey, man, your bike's badass. Bring it to the show. We just used our bikes to kind of, like, you know. Set the tone. Set the tone. Set the the, the spot, yeah, the perimeter. But we went out and we talked to these people, and other people talked to them, and so we found out who the guys were that built their bike for this event. They might not have been like some you know magazine cover kind of build, but they they're fucking they built this in the garage. They're stoked. They rode it here and they're fucking leaning into it out doing wheelies in the front. We gave the awards away to those type of people. Every one of the guys up there picked somebody like that, 
who built their bike and is out there doing cool shit, and that's who won the bike, the trophies. Instead of it being, like, all of us friends giving each other trophies for our fucking pretty bikes, if you want to call them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then we had a lot of – we had a lot of – every night we were doing giveaways on stage where we'd have – Someone would have to do something stupid to win a headset from Lexan or a, a helmet from Simpson, things like that. And, you know, it just kind of creates – and then we do this right when the sun goes down. So it's, instead of everybody going to get comfortable in their tents and their own little sites, we get them all to come to the middle of the campground and uh, get them all riled up with all this shit with fun, laughing, you know, shit going on, banter. And then then we start the party right there. There's a, Adam lights this huge-ass bonfire that's like the size of this goddamn – corner of this room right here and everybody just sits there and hey man I, I follow you on instagram dude like you're from fucking colorado right he's like hell yeah and then they start talking and then you see someone else and it just becomes this whole thing of people just getting to know each other and it's i don't know i it's not giddy up but it's something that i think is an offspring of giddy up. Yeah, it's inspired by yeah and so i i hope that people you know and i'm gonna do it as long as as long as people want to go you know I mean, I do miss the smaller events like me and the homies just riding and going and setting up tents and, you know, shooting the shit. But, you know, this has just become something that that's I think it's meaningful for a lot of people. And it's still meaningful for me. Well, I sent you a thank you message. <clears throat> I don't know this year, last year, just because I love that you're doing it. You yeah. know, like I was just like, man, I want to let him know that I, I know that this is, you know, yeah. it ain't what he started out doing. Yeah, but it's it's creating that for a lot of other people. Yeah, and I I applaud you for doing that. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, I whatever notoriety or whatever kind of attention that I have with with my brand or my social media, which we you know we already talked about that. Just go with brand. That sounds better. Yeah. Then you know, I I'd like to create that kind of shit, man. You know, like I want to go do those things. You know, and. A lot of times there's not events like that available, you know, here in the Midwest or, you know, where we're south or, or I think we're in the weird. We're in Texas. <laughs> I stand corrected. Uh, I feel like less of a Texan now for not knowing. <laughs> we're in Texas. Probably. So out here, I mean, we've had we've had a nice scene of uh, Dinah's, you know, we've kind of also been kind of the ones in the performance bagger side of things on this side of the country for quite a while. Um, and. They're just, you know, there wasn't a lot of shit going on. You know, we didn't really have a bike night originally. And then, you know, like, fuck it, let's do one of those. And then, you know, the camp out. And then we have a really badass stunt scene here. So I'm like, hey, man, well, let's let's do a hood ride. Let's, you know, fast life hood ride. We'll get all this. We'll get some stunt riders to come in from other areas. And then we'll help their recognition shine light on you motherfuckers. Because everybody else is here. Do, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. bring people together. Get sponsors to look at all the rad dudes we have out here that might not you know, have the California connection to go out there every other month to do a stunt show or a bike show or something like that, you know. Um, I don't know. To me, it's just, it's, I'm just doing shit that I want to do and turning into events and shit like that. Same thing we do in Sturgis. Like, a lot of times we'll stay at the Days Inn campground and we'll tell everybody on our podcast and things like that, like, hey, if you want to come and connect with us and stay with us and you're looking for a place to go where you're going to see familiar faces, (coughs) Days in campground. We're here from this time to this time. It's like 180 bucks for five days. Like, come on, let's go. Great bathrooms. You're gonna shit in peace. You're gonna shower in peace. You know, you're right it's at important. See, I'm scared of blowing out my bathrooms. I hardly tell anybody where I'm gonna stay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't, don't want to say where we're gonna be because the bathrooms are nice right now. Yeah, you don't want to. 
pour them out. No. <laughs> but no, yeah. And I appreciate that, man. It 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 means a lot. Uh, just being recognized by your peers of doing things. It always that's a uh, no. It's awesome. I uh, you know, it's inspired me to you know want to do something more for the listeners to bring the listeners together. Or like, you know, I thought about doing an event, and then uh, and then I talked to Carrie at Choppers and. You know, he had an event going in Sturgis, and I was like, well, just let me emcee it. You know, just let me be a small part of it, you know. Like, yeah. that's my way of giving back is talking shit to fucking dickheads who don't want to start their motorcycles. Yeah. You know? Uh, <laughs> but that was kind of, you know, that's that's how I've gotten – that's how I'm, I'm making myself feel better about giving back right now. It's like yeah. just giving out somebody else's trophies and, you know, the emceeing thing, I'm not like – that is not something that I'm going to like. Yeah. You know, I ain't hanging my hat on that shit. You know, I ain't, I ain't even trying truck. to do that. You know, <laughs> like I've already been asked way more than I even want to, uh, even before I did it for the first time. You know. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I will do it here and there. Yeah. I ain't no fucking hype man. You know, like you're not gonna. I'm not gonna do you the the regular MC duty. You yeah. know, like I'm not gonna bring everybody to get them stoked. Like, uh, and I don't know. But, it, uh, you know, I, I think I enjoy it. I don't know. I get fucking yeah. nervous. Oh, Talking shit. on a microphone in front of a bunch of fucking people, dude. Well, right here, there's nobody. Everybody's like, you do that all the time. And I'm like, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. That's not what I do all the time. It's the same thing when we talk about doing video. Like, yeah, our podcast is on video, but we're not staring at a camera. We're staring at each other. Yeah. And so it's a much different dynamic. So, I, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, like <sighs> – I don't think when, – when we think about doing a camp out, like I said, I'm not thinking about giving back. It's just like, hey, this sounds like fun. Let's do it. Yeah. We didn't have anything like that. You know what I mean? We didn't have a – you know, we had Texas Hills for quite a while, and it went away. And then now it's back, which is awesome. We're pretty stoked about that. Um, yeah, I recently just heard about this. Yeah, so it's it's kicking back off. And, is it uh, going to be the same spot? <clears throat> I, same area, but different spot now. It's, from what they've been posting on their Instagram – it you know it looks fucking dope. I'm I'm pretty excited for this. Uh, Who's putting that on? I think it's still one of the same guys that's done it since originally Dustin. I think, um, and then the other guys I don't know them. I haven't met them. I they were they did like a little like meet up with some of the guys. They invited some guys down there, to, uh, but it was during Sturgis, so I was up there. I, I didn't get a chance to go check out all the venue and everything, but I'm sure it'll end up being badass, and uh, I'm stoked about that. There's, you know, with Giddy Up Gone, I mean, we got Fandango, but I haven't been to that yet. But from a lot of my friends, it's like it, it's its own thing. It doesn't really have the vibes of Giddy Up. And I think a lot of us kind of miss that Giddy Up thing. You know what I mean? That maybe it's just a time of year. The, it's cool outside. It's, you know, kind of like that first event. The first event. It's kind of like Daytona. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people from up north would come down because it was warm in yeah. Texas. It was really like. The Daytona for the chopper scene, you yeah. know, it was like the chopper dudes who've been building their bikes all winter. They weren't going to fucking Daytona. Yeah. They were, you, dude. I remember those fucking parties would be like just groups of people from all over the country trying to out party each other. Yeah, you know, it's just like, no, we go harder, you know. Yeah. And that's that's fun, dude. That's what I'm talking about, you know. But I mean, you know, not to not to go down memory lane, but I mean. You know, I've, I've talked about it so much on my podcast. Whenever I met this chopper scene here, uh, 2016, you know, I, I ran up on Chopper Supply one day and met Kenny and and uh, 
he was very inviting and you know i was on a dyna but i also had a big wheel that i came on the dyna so i didn't want to like put like warn anybody off or anything like <laughs> so i rolled my dyna up there and and he was very inviting and it was like the weekend before southern throwdown in 2016 and uh he was like hey man we're having a, a party here friday you need to come up and so me and my wife went up there and i had just watched like uh the six over uh show that was on like a i don't know amazon or something like that or is it six over or four over or one of those i haven't seen it so it's got like a matt schaff and jason atr and a whole bunch of those guys in there and i'm just tripping out because like i'm sitting i remember watching that and the next thing you know fucking matt schaff sitting here in at the fucking chopper supply thing and i'm just like you know to me like that was like fuck man like that dude's somebody, you know, and he's an ex-skateboarder and all that type of shit. Like, that. not ex, but he used to skate professionally and all that. But oh, he still does. Yeah, that's why I didn't say not ex, you know, or I was I corrected myself. But uh, yeah, so I was, you know, I was pretty stoked about that, man. And and then I, of course, at the time, I think it, they were doing it at the Bomb Factory still. Yep. And uh, great, great time. And and then I kind of got cool with them, and you know, and then got wrapped up in all that world met, met scott or i guess y'all like to call him randy um and everybody it was just rad it was just like this different this different like love for motorcycles in the uh the big wheel world that i was coming out of you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and you know people were stoked about people that had nice bikes like you know because who was the guy that that was building the bikes that i that i guess was the partner behind Chopper Supply. Jim Harper. Jim, that's right. So I think he had did one for for Chemical Candy. Yeah, the green bike. Uh, that green bike, yeah. And I remember seeing I was like, fuck, that's badass. But then there's also like, you know, like all the little things that used to take place up there. And I don't know. I'm, I, I miss that too. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's gotten – things got weird, you know, whatever. We don't have to talk about any of that. But that was just like in my it opinion. It was awesome, dude. Yeah. It, it was an awesome part of time, and I feel like it was – you know, you had the the lucky seven dudes over there throwing that party, you know, and it, I so chopper supply was like Friday, and then the the lucky seven deal was on Saturday, and I don't know, man, like I miss that, you know, and I miss that aspect of the Dallas Fort Worth scene, and I feel like we don't really have that anymore. It's like smaller pockets everywhere, and nobody really connects very well. You That's how all, all of Texas is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems that way. There's fucking shows going on everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's hard to do something because there's something going on at all fucking times of the year. Yeah. Uh, and there's not a lot of communication. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, that that part sucks too, man. As you easy know. as it is to communicate these days. You would think, yeah. But, yeah, that's the, that's a hard part because, you know, when you get stoked about an idea for something in the garage with your homies and maybe you have the means to pull it off, it's like, you know, finding the time of year that, that it's appropriate to do it where you're not infringing on someone else's event that's already kind of been going on or established and, and you know and you're pulling the same essential uh show goers so you're making it them have to choose between this and that and sometimes just like this is one weekend and this is the next weekend is even how did you pick the date for the fast life camp out uh so originally um we started the camp out in 18 so giddy up was still going on so, but we didn't have Fandango going on, uh, and we did it at the end of April, beginning of May. It was the goal, and it was we were trying to open it so that most people up north could ride down, because right there at May, April, you're still kind of it's, it's iffy. 
it's iffy. Like, there might be snow on the ground above Interstate 40 or Interstate 70, or it might be fucking riding weather. So we want to get there, but we didn't want to get too close to to uh, to June because nobody wants to camp anywhere close to Texas in late May. It's already going to be shitty weather. So we do have scares of rain all the time for our camp out, but most people just deal with it like most real bikers. Um, and But we still have like the perfect weather, like the perfect temperature to camp in and things like that in, in late April up in Oklahoma there. And uh, at the time, you know, Texas Hills was uh, was still going on, but it was, like, later in May. So that's why we kind of pushed into uh, – they would do it around Memorial Day. And we were, you know, like a month before. Dude, I used to go camp up there Memorial Day weekend every year. For real? Up there in Talamina. Yeah, yeah. Fucking so sick. That's Fog nice. every morning, yeah, dude. Yeah. We'd skate those hills. <clears throat> so Oklahoma has no speed limit on gravity vehicles. So the cops fucking loved us. We'd go out there and skate down these hills. Uh-huh. I saw fucking, I don't know, fucking 82 miles an hour on my GPS one time on a skateboard. Shit. No, not 82, 62, 62. Like down like on the Talamina Parkway and all yeah, that shit? Yeah, going down. We had So they did the gravity games there one year, and some fucking girl died on a, a luge. Mm. Like fucking ABC was there filming it. So it was the same guys that did that, you know, we – Went and camped out, and we just did this outlaw fucking mm-hmm. Memorial Day camp out, dude. But the cops, it'd be hilarious. They'd have somebody on the fucking side, a motorcycle pulled over for speeding, and then they would radar us going down the hill, fucking 15 over the 45 <laughs> or 55, whatever it was. Yeah. Oh, dude, crack me up. But that's that area is fucking great. It is. There's a ton of off-road trails up there, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Adam, the guy that owns that campground, Adam Sandoval, he has a lot of off-road vehicles and a lot of trails on his property. That a lot of people go on. How uh, big is this property? It's pretty fucking big. And it's all on the river. The river kind of holds. Oh, shit. So yeah. he's at the bottom. Yeah. He's he's like more he's more close to antlers than anything. Okay. Yeah. So Talamina is, is still a 50-mile ride from our campsite. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. It's still a push. But it makes for a really good day of riding to go hit the Talamina, go to Mina, have some lunch or, or whatever, and then take another loop back because all yeah, the roads the are nice. That fucking parkway is so sick. It is. It's one of the. It's one of the nicest rides and technical. You know what I mean? It's it's got a lot of switchbacks and corkscrews. Yeah, fucking and, skate down that hill, dude. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Dude, one of this old man, dude, David. He uh, when I met him, he was like, I don't know, fifty something. No, yeah, forty or fifty. He was old, but he had had <clears throat> like some kind of bad meningitis, mm. and like had some kind of operation that like pretty much wiped his brain out. So we had to start life over at, like, fucking 30. Oof. So when I met him, he was like a fucking teenager. Mm. But he was a fucking 40, 50-year-old body. Okay? Dude was nuts. <clears throat> I mean, fucking straight-up nuts. And he went up there one year and fucking slid into a guardrail and broke both of his legs above and below the knee. Okay, both of them in a full set of leathers, dude. My buddies picked him up, threw him in the truck, took him to the hospital. We go back a, a year later, Memorial Day weekend, I think. Yeah. Homeboys, he's just going to drive. David, old man, he's just going to take the truck down, pick us up, pull us to the top. And we would rent a U-Haul truck, dude, mm-hmm. and, like, just fill everybody up in the truck, drive to the top of the hills. And, uh, dude, all of a sudden we're, like, getting ready to go down, and David's like, man, I think I can do this. It just takes off on the fucking board, dude. Damn. It does the same thing again. 
slides into a fucking guardrail, breaks both of his legs above and below the fucking knee, dude. Oh my god, that yeah, was so like brutal a to be a fucking part of, man. Oh yeah, my that's wild. gosh. But those roads are fucking sick, man. Yeah. I remember one time I was hitting this realm. We called it Crash Corner because it's where that girl died. Yeah. And uh, come around, it's like a, a double sweeper, you know, a chicane. And there's a fucking bike in the middle of the road mm. just laid on its side. And I fucking try and break and kind of like fall. And my skateboard goes off the road and into a ditch. And I just start, I'm like looking for the guy. I'm like, where is this dude? You know, like. Looking in the trees, looking in the bushes, looking downhill, like hiking around. A fucking cop shows up, and we're like, dude, we can't find this guy. And he starts looking with us. We never found him. Never, Just a fucking bike wrecked in the middle of the road by itself. Mm. <laughs> That's fucking wild. I know. All we could think was that somebody, like, pulled up in a car and was like, just fucking get in. We'll take you to the hospital. You yeah. Know, like, and they zipped out. But anyways, my skateboard went off in the ditch. And the ditch runs along the road forever, and that fucking board just Kept was going. gone, dude. It just was fucking gone, man. It, I found it like a mile down the hill. Wow. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty unique area. There's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of people up there. There's not a lot of like city or you know a lot of a lot of places to eat, things like that. But it's no. very it's lawless. I mean, there's not a lot oh, of cops. Dude, there's some shit out there. Yeah, on them yeah. back roads. And. Um, that's, yeah. Remember that video where I was riding my Adventure Sporty mm-hmm. and I hit that puddle and just flipped over the handlebars, wiped out in the trees? Mm-hmm. I was fucking 10, 15 miles down a road out in the middle of fucking nowhere when that happened. Real. And I was so stoked that the bike just started back up. But, dude, I, I saw some shit out there where I was like, dude, I'm turning around and going back. Yeah. It's just like, you know, as far off from the pavement as I was, I started seeing can't like, I'm like, oh, dude, this is like a fucking... You know, you know, some, walk, you're stumble on someone's moonshine operation and get or shot. Fucking yeah, that meth operation. Was, yeah, exactly. Different M. <laughs> but oh. uh, you know, like, you know, like I said, we pick that time of year. You know, we don't want to get, you know, we don't want people that are. We get a lot of people that come from Boston and, and New York and up in that area, and a lot of those guys go to Laconia every year. So we don't want to yeah. be so close to Laconia that we're going to be in that issue. All right, hold on. I got to take a piss real quick. Yeah, I got to. And then we're going to talk about. That. You want to pause it or are you just going to? No, I got a P2.
Uh, no, you have to go back and edit this out now. That or put an ad in there. Put an ad in there. <laughs> I've done that before. Yeah. I have done that before. So Laconia. So yeah. Laconia is the beginning of June, right? Uh, it's usually kind of middle June, but it's like it's the first weekend of June this year. It is next okay. year. Okay. So I haven't been. You know, we rode last year. We went to Maine. We literally rode through Laconia the whole situation. A week before it kicked off. Really? Yeah, and it just didn't work out because we were trying to make King Tony's uh, uh, anniversary party. Oh yeah, um, King Tony. So we, you know, we're, of course we're in New Hampshire and we're coming back from Maine, and we just went to Maine to see the lighthouse from Forrest Gump. That's the only reason we went. Did you get there. lobsters or nothing? Yeah, we had some lobster rolls on the side of the highway. They were overrated. To be just honest. lobster rolls. Yeah. It's oh like, come on. Yeah, come on. that's, that's all they, they, they use scraps for the lobster rolls. That's all they fucking sell out there. What? That's all I saw on any of those little wrong towns. Wrong time. Wrong time okay. of year. Um, but, no, it's, it's, it's fucking beautiful. The roads, Vermont, all that shit. I know. It's God damn, it's amazing. There, and uh, this year we're, we're, uh, we're thinking about doing our trip, like having it connect to Sturgis. So that leaves my June open. So I might try to go run up there. And check out. I mean, the it's the hundred year anniversary. It is. Oh fuck yeah! Gunstock hill climb, dude. So what I'm thinking I'm going to do is I'm going to ride that Sportster mm-hmm. up the Mid Atlantic BDR and then do the fucking hill climb on that Sportster. <laughs> you just like want to try to not make it back home on your bike, huh? No, I'm going to fly home. I'm not even planning <laughs> on coming home from that trip on the bike because I want to enjoy the whole ride there. Yeah, you yeah. know, and then be able to just send it on that mountain and not have to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. If it rolls back down, then I'll call up Chicken Rick and say, hey, dude, you got a place I can park this thing, dude. i got to fly home. Yeah. I, to me, it's just another excuse to, to get my bike and be up there in that in New York and uh, that area and then kind of move on up to I, – I still want to ride some of New York uh, upstate, I guess it would be, like yeah, the Catskills and all that type of shit. There. I haven't got to ride any, ride any of that. So um, I actually love it up there, man. It's When I go east, I – I miss the West, and I was like, dude, I got to get back to L.A. and California and, you know, all this shit. And then when I go West, I'm like, fuck, I got to get back to New York. It's like this grass is greener syndrome <laughs> all the time. Well, you know I got to, you know, and I don't know if I got to blame <clears throat> Blue Todd for it or what, but he made a comment one time about how he likes seeing, like, the, the openness. Yeah, I love that about going West. Oh, my God. Now I'm like. I, not that I feel trapped in trees, but I'm like, I really do appreciate, like, fucking Utah and New Mexico yeah. and, you know, where you can just fucking see yeah. so much. You're, when you go east, you're kind of, you're you're just in that tree uh, trench the whole way, everywhere, until you get close to an ocean or until you get into the cities. And so yeah, that, you can't see very far. Yeah. The cities become There's the mountains. There's not even many out, like, yeah. overlooks or, you know, there's no big views because it's all kind of like foothills. There's yeah. no, like, towering mountains, really. Yep. So it, uh, the oldness of the cities become, like, the draw. Oh, um, yeah. The history of, of just, you know, America and all that shit, you know, a, a portion of America uh, kind of become the draw for me, you know what I mean, going out east. Um, Looking at the old fucking cemeteries, dude. Dad, and you get up in those areas and you go across. I don't know why a fucking bridge is so, like, I want to ride across a bridge that has a fucking roof over it. Like, it, it's stupid, but I, I dig it. Like, those old-timey bridges, you know what I'm saying? The covered bridge. Yeah, it's like, why the fuck am I going on my way to do this? You know what I mean? Um, but all these towns are old, and, and 
So you know. fucking old up there, dude. And and I just I dig it, you know. When you're sitting at a gas station and the Amish roll up, you're like, oh yeah, that that's like that up here. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like those kind of those things that are just different than what it's like in Dallas. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and you know New York is just this this everything that's going on there and Long Island and shit. And hell, even Boston up there. I just like all that stuff. I like to see it. I like to be in it. You yeah. know. I don't care about the traffic because split go around it like it'd be, it'd be different if i was up there in a in a truck or something that i couldn't maneuver around and find parking shopper without brakes yeah that's that's sketchy dude i rode all over sturgis this year with no brakes <laughs> whatsoever <laughs> well you don't go that fast so you just put your foot down right that's what i had to do <laughs> that's exactly what i had to do um well that's no. what mexico's got both of those for real it's got the views mm-hmm and the old fucking History. cities, dude. I mean, those fucking towns are so fucking old. It's insane. Nice. You know, like San Miguel was like, I think the streets were 450 years old or some shit. Man. Yeah, that's that's a that's a draw, man. That's like stuff that that I want to do and see. You know. Um, so is the adventure bike phase? Is that already is that already left uh, you? Man, I was hoping uh, that by now you figured out how to make a GS1250 look cool. Uh, I I like the way they look. <laughs> I think they look pretty cool. Uh, but the Harley does look better, in my opinion. I guess I'm just, you know, too close to that, to Harley, to whatnot. But no, it just does look cool. Yeah. I know. I still – the thing is, I don't – I'm not interested in riding on dirt. Like, like I don't – I don't have a desire to uh, to want to go off-road unless I have to. Does that make sense? Like, if I'm going on a trip and we have to go down this dirt road or this pass or something like that, cool. But You can do that on any bike, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm not looking to take the road that, you know, is going to have me hopping over streams and shit like that. Like, I'm not looking to do that. That's um, what I'm looking for. It's just mainly because um, I, I never grew up on dirt, so it's very foreign to me. And, uh, you know, like like I said, if if I'm riding through a country in South America where – you know, the next 40 miles is this, and that it is what it is, you know. And I actually want to do that. But if I'm on a nice, smooth, perfectly paved road, nice pavement, and I'm like, let's go climb that mountain and go, let's just take this pass over. I'm like, I might go up there to get a picture, but I'm going back to the smooth road, and then I'm fucking carrying on, you know what I'm saying? So, And it's just me. Like I said, I, I know that so many people are into that, like like you are. And uh, it, it's just another way to, to scratch that motorcycle itch for people, and I get it. You know, I just I didn't grow up in on dirt bikes. You know, I didn't. You know, not Dude, my I've thing. I've been riding. That's what I did today. I'm fucking. I can feel it in my fucking hands and fingers right now. Yeah. It was muddy as fuck out there. <laughs> Where are you riding at? Twin Hills. Where's that at? Like too far from Bridgeport, here? Bridgeport, Decatur. It's like a little uh, over okay. an hour. Yeah, hour I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and then I took my race bike over to Derek, my dirt bike dude. I'm like, hey, I know this ain't a dirt bike. Well, it kind of is a dirt bike, but it's a flathead. Mm-hmm. I need some fucking help. I'm leaving town. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know, man. Um, so the, the adventure bike thing is like. I think if, if I was going to do the trip to like what you're doing right now through South America and everything, I would uh, I would pro- I would would probably want to do it on a on a Pan America if I was going to choose. Because I've, I've ridden them. I've sat on them. Uh, I've also sat on a GS1200, like an adventure model. And uh, it's just so big for me that, you know, I just don't think I'd be able to really handle it as good as I'd like to be able to. And my ego won't allow me to buy a smaller bike. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think you'd be shocked. <laughs> for real? I, I know you'd be shocked. All right. Yeah. But 
you know, the Harley, it, it it's dope. Marty, already got the fucking Harley tattoo, so might as well stick <laughs> with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, uh, dude, I don't have any Harley tattoos. Dude, I was drunk on a podcast one night, and they did it right there on live. On the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Which one? It's right behind, It's called the oh, Harley. Oh, that new one right there? Yeah, I saw that one. I it's called the Harley Fuckboy Tattoo. The Harley Fuckboy Tattoo. Yeah. And basically, Did you know this before you got it? Yeah, because I, I think we coined it. It was a fuckboy tattoo. <laughs> but it's like all the stunt guys have them. All the, all the guys that, that are stunt riders that kind of moved over to Harleys and shit. And uh, my buddy, uh, Sit Down Steve, had it. And we started calling him the fuckboy tattoo. And then our buddy Craig got it. He puts on the Down South Camp Out down in Florida. Okay. That doesn't look like any fun. Oh, it's fun, dude. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Florida. <laughs> Oh, uh, dude, that looks like a wild event, So, dude. you've done Florida. Like, Florida is like this. It's where all bikers go to retire. You know what I mean? Like, the old guy that's been riding since the 70s. You know what I'm saying? Like, that guy goes and retires in Florida. And then he goes to these bars that are all motorcycle bars that they have cabins in case you get so fucked up you need to stay there that night. Yeah. And they're everywhere. They're, they're fucking all over Florida. Like, it's almost like uh, like the whole state is full of these little biker bars, you know what I mean, all over the state that people just kind of, you know. This is filled with bars all over the state. <clears throat> yeah. Well, what else are you going to do in Florida? Dude, I recently saw like a fucking a graph, and it was like the the 50 most drunkest counties in the fucking country. <laughs> and they were all in Wisconsin. But I was shocked yeah. that there was none in Florida. Well, I've talked about that a lot, too, in Wisconsin. Like, I love that aspect of how they have bars on every corner. In the neighborhoods and yeah, shit. Dude. There's like a, neighbor, a neighborhood of fucking houses, but there's a bar on every corner. Yeah, and it's it's like a – I don't know. It kind of doesn't demonize drinking the same way that I feel like they demonize it here in Texas. You know what I mean? Like, they put all our bars on the outside of town, and you got to try to figure out how to get back into the town. It's the Bible Belt. It's the Bible Belt, right. So, up there, it's like – you know, apparently those bars are open all night, too, because they're open so that every shift, every first, second, third shift, get off, they can go have a beer. If it's 6 a.m., they can go have a beer with the dudes and go home. And it's like it brings a little communal aspect. It also might make people want to eat people because apparently they eat a lot of people up in Wisconsin still. You think that's what it is? Yeah. The bars? Know, maybe. They just get fucked up and like, fuck it, I'm going to go eat that bitch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know, man. I think it has more to do with the cheese. <laughs> But you know, what do I Solid know? debate. What yeah. do I know? <laughs> but uh I'm a so I'm gonna do the down south camp out this year. It's uh it's at the beginning of uh November and I'm gonna leave there and I'm gonna go do the keys because I haven't done it yet. Oh nice. Yeah. I'm gonna do that and um make my way back up, go try and see a, a famous chopper guy that just moved back there and try to I'm working on him to get him on the podcast. Who's that? Uh last name Lane, you heard of him? Billy Lane. Yeah, I'm trying to get him on. I, I got some fillers out there. I'm trying to. I want to. I, he, when I first. You know Andy? No. Uh-uh. I know Xavier. Well, Andy's his, like, fucking manager dude. Oh, yeah. I don't know the guy. I just, you know, I see he's doing a lot more content, and I feel like maybe he'd be more open to having a podcast. He just was on a podcast recently. Uh, yeah. I think he was doing one. Or he's doing some kind of YouTube thing for himself, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, he was up in Sturgis setting up talking to, like, uh, Darren McKegg and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm very interested in what this industry and this world of motorcycling was like when he started. You know, like, I'm not – I don't really want to go into his, like, mishap, misfortune with the, the, the wreck and things like that. But just what life was like to be Billy Lane 
when all this attention was coming to the motorcycle industry is, you know, I since two thousand when they were all hiring publicists. And yeah, yeah. It's fucking getting themselves Cause set I've, up. I've been in the industry since two thousand fours, and because of when I was working at the other side and being with Rick, working on his bikes and stuff, like I felt like I saw a lot of what it was like. But from two thousand four and older, like I don't know what it's like. Yeah. You know. Talking with guys like Yappy, he kind of filled in the blanks. He's like, "Yeah, we used to go to Easy Rider shows, and we would like weigh titties with our hands for the for the whole public. And then these Easy Rider <laughs> shows, they became like family friendly, and all that biker shit went away at the beginning of the two thousands. And um, so now these there, there's bounce houses there instead of like titties. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And they talked about how much like the uh, the cigarette companies when they couldn't advertise anymore, that how how much that got taken out of the motorcycle industry things like sturgis when you could go build a bike and have a fifty thousand dollar you know purse for a bike builder twenty thousand or something more realistic yeah that was cigarette companies putting that money in that shit it wasn't it wasn't yeah, fucking, the insurance company stepped up there for a minute in the yeah. early 2000s yeah and that helped and stuff like that but just filling in the gaps man like you know our our industry side of things is not as old as people think it is like you know, it was kind of it was kind of choppy and rough from like the '50s and '60s and '70s, uh, mainly '60s, '70s, and then '80s. It started to kind of refine itself and kind of you know you get things like drag and all this shit kind of starting to form and you know motorcycling in general starts becoming more mainstream and accepted in in society and and it all kind of just gets real fast, rapidly changing up until the 2000s. You know what I mean? And now here we are sitting, you know almost 20 years past that you know it's not that old no you know what i mean it's not like the car industry it's not like you know the gun industry hell it ain't even like the camera industry well i mean <laughs> the fucking bikes were around just as long as cars were with the aftermarket exactly and the cars were uh almost a necessity for everybody and the motorcycle was always a luxury you know what i mean at least it was in this country as as compared to like other countries they use it much more as a necessity. Well, that's recent too. Yeah, oh, it is. Yeah. Like with like Japanese bikes and Chinese bikes. Chinese bikes. You yeah. Know, uh, <clears throat> you know, back when so when Lichter, we went to Nepal, and fuck, was that 2019? Yeah, because you brought COVID back, remember? Yeah, I did. <laughs> he uh, he did that same trip in Nepal, back in like the 80s or the 70s. Oh, I couldn't imagine on foot just backpacking. He's like, there was no motorcycles over here. That'd be sick. There's fucking bicycles, maybe, or I've been me and Licker have been talking back and forth for about a year and a half about getting him on the podcast, and he's he's the podcast that like I have so much shit that I want to talk about uh, between my my love for photography and you know him being. You just need to go up there. I yeah, I mean that that was what to like Boulder. See yeah. him. I was planning on it, but it, the last time we talked, he was he's moving around a lot. He so. moves a little bit. You um, got to get him right now. He's down from surgery. Uh, well, he's he's supposed to be coming through here for Born Free Texas, and so we're we're trying to line that up. But I want to do it in the studio. I want it to I want it to be the, all the bells and whistles that I have to offer as a podcast. But I man, I have so much shit. Like I'm literally gonna have, like that time you came in and I had a printed out sheet with all the shit I wanted to talk. I got I need a <laughs> fucking book with this dude. You know what I mean? And uh, because like he he's just a wealth of knowledge for our world of motorcycling, and and that dude you know needs to do every podcast and everything that he can to put that information out there for us to kind of record. Not that he, he's done an amazing job recording it through his photography over years as well, but 
every young dude needs to know that guy. You know what I mean, in my opinion. Um, know what he's done for the motorcycle industry, what he continues to do, and and uh, what he's seen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't imagine th- his, his, like, just all the fucking negatives he has of all the all the years of of Sturgis since the seventies, since the late seventies, and all those Easy Rider magazines that he was he was you know shooting for, and uh, it's got to be him. I don't know. I'm excited, but I'm also nervous as fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah, you should go up to Boulder and see it all. I was just in Boulder three weeks ago, but he was that was after Sturgis. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Now I want to. I'll make it happen. Um, you know, Boulder's a day drive from here, so you know, worst case scenario. I don't really, you know, to me, it's like some of those episodes, like I would love to do a video podcast, but it's not going to make or break the conversation, whether no. it's video or audio. So, no. um, that's just for the listener. Yeah. Yeah. Viewer. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. That's, uh, with, with his photography and, you know, hell just the shots that he, like whenever you did the Pan America and brought it out to Loretta Lynn's and all those shots he got. And also the cool little cell phone video you smack in the side of that dude's car was pretty awesome (laughs) dude that's the uh that's the biggest problem i have right now with the bike is from that incident i know that comes as a shocker to most but uh yeah the right hand control is starting to act funny you know that fly by wire yeah yeah. i'm sure there's like just a loose connection or sometimes the grip might be too far off and it could skip on it to, there's a lot of things that can go well, wrong. Well, it's different those. than the baggers. It is. It's a different setup. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Because so, somebody was, I was talking to somebody about that whole setup, and I was like, oh, it's not like that at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm sure. But it's the same idea. You know, it's like four or five wires with ten buttons and a throttle. You know, mm-hmm. just ohms going through there. So the slightest, you know, whatever. <laughs> right yeah. now, I just turn it on, and it doesn't turn on. <laughs> My God, damn it. And then, and then you know, and then it'll turn on all of a sudden and work fine. Well, it'd probably be easy just to replace that whole little. Oh, yeah. No, those guys at Grand Teton, the owner's pulling the fucking parts off his bike nice. and sending them to me. That's badass. Because there is no parts to buy right now. Yeah, that's that's a, that's the weird thing about Harley with all this shit. Like, you know, they just don't have. You know, you'll go into a dealership like with a blown head gasket and got to wait two weeks for head gaskets and shit. Well, that's, I mean, it ain't even just Harley. Yeah, it's know? all it's, it's the like, whole thing. Well, that's what's you know I was thinking about this because I'm straight up worried about this uh, the IRS agents. Straight <laughs> up. <laughs> and let me just let me give you my spill real quick of why I'm fucking okay. worried. But do you have a tax guy? I I don't have one that I. Oh, you uh, need to get one. I need I need a good one. That, I've had a lady and she's kind of let me down quite a bit. Um, I'd keep her. No, no. Thought you had an insight. So, you know, the pandemic happens. They shut places down, and I was fortunate. I was able to still work. I was fortunate. I didn't didn't skip a beat with uh with paint work. You know what I'm saying? Um, we got hit a little bit with shortages. Uh, you know, here and there with like certain things we couldn't get. Now we're getting hit a lot bigger with paint materials. There's a lot of things that are out of stock, and they just can't get. And it's like, how the fuck am I supposed to finish this thing without this? this resin that goes into this thing to harden it, to do this still managing to get by, you know what I mean? Um, and now it's, it just, to me, like the, I, I watch a lot of like breaking points and all these different types of YouTube style news to kind of stay with uh, what, like stay up with what's going on. And it just, it, it blows my mind. Like the, how much the government's just kind of like fucked with us 
and we all figure out a way to make it, whether it be raffling off bikes or whatever. And then now it's like, okay, well, now they want to come and, like, just take all every Get their cut, dude. Get their cut of everything. But it's like, give me five years to recover from these last couple of years of shit before you come and take all our God, you know, put me on, audit me and put me on owing the government money again. The craziest know? thing about that is, like, <clears throat> the people that they're going to fuck with, you know, it's just barely going to cover their budget. Yeah. You know, like, they're not going to be able to billion. fuck with the people that are really – squeaking some shit by you know yeah. that have money because no, don't be wrong like i i want nothing more than to pay taxes nothing more like not like i want to pay taxes because for no reason i just i want to be at that point and i have i have lots of money put aside for taxes i just haven't got uh found a cpa that can handle my shit uh correctly and i've just i, I don't know why maybe this is this is obviously my fault I don't want to walk into a fucking place, open a glass door and, you know, just some super corporate company like that. I want to have this kind of conversation with who's handling my money and stuff like that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And um, so it's it's like I have I have everything set up and I have everything from every year to give to said tax person. And the lady that is supposed to be handling my shit, she's handling three audits right now, like big time corporate audits. So she's kind of like, oh, I'll get to you as soon as I can. And I'm just sitting here like. Wanting to get everything taken care of. Uh, and also, like I said, I, I might have money left over out of this, so I could go, you know, pick up that FXE or 82 shovel. So, um, yeah, that's my biggest fucking fear, you know. I haven't – it's my holdback right now, you know. But it's not like I don't want to. Like, I want nothing more than, you know, to have everything to where it's all good. I wish I wanted to pay taxes more. <laughs> I just don't – I don't want to be in I, – I, I don't want to be in the government's fucking life at all. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. I wish the government was doing things that I was like, fuck yeah, I want to send you guys money. I wish they just had an app. Like like every other company in the world has this easy app where if you want to pay your goddamn car note, I don't even have to press anything. I can just look at my phone and it opens up. Hey, and goes, guess what? They want that too. Yeah. They want that too. They're going to that. They want to be connected to every source of income you have digitally. Well, they are making steps to make your app a dream come yeah. true. And it's all that type of shit that makes me want to uh, invest more into the concept of the Scooter Tramp Scotty lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. I wonder what he's going to do whenever he, you know, when he's getting his YouTube uh, money here and there. Just pay the taxes. <laughs> That's gonna be a wild one. Yeah, fuck that, man. That's a, that's a weird one, but yeah, I'm. You know, my goal. I th- you know, when you came in and did the podcast earlier this year, I I think I had my teeth all fucking. Uh, was that this year? That was this year. Okay. Um, so when I went to New York, I took my son to New York in January. And while I was there, my front tooth cracked, and then I came home. The new ones? No, no, oh, it was okay. the this, one. They okay. were fucked up, you know. And I've been putting it off. Like I needed to go get a lot of dental work done, and and it finally just came to a head where I was like, well. I wanted to wait till the end of the year, but I'm doing it now, and I'm I'm glad I did. I feel much better, you know, just about myself, if you will, um, having a fucking smile that's half decent and shit like that. But that was one of those things that uh, I wanted to get taken care of, and that and taxes were the two biggest things that I needed to handle in my life this year. That way, moving because I turn forty next month. Damn. And so I wanted to. You're old as fucking dirt, dude. Yeah, dude. I'm fucking. I'm a. I'm turning into a like. Like a real old person. Um, 
paying taxes, getting your teeth fixed. Yeah. Uh, had I bought a Good mattress. Fuck boy tattoos. Yeah, that's me. That's my rebellious <laughs> side trying to come back out. Midlife uh, crisis. Yeah, I, I also bought a new mattress oh, <laughs> this wow. year. So Did you I'm get a, one of those mailbox ones that just like. <clears throat> no, I like the idea of going to touch it and taking it with me. Oh, okay. Uh, I like I like the old school way of shopping. Um, but that's one thing you don't think about doing when you're a kid. Like, man, you know, one day I'm a I'm gonna go mattress shopping. You know, when you're a kid, you just somebody has an extra mattress, you throw a sheet over, it's brand new now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Fuck yeah. But yeah, I had to go buy a mattress this year because I was starting to get lower back pain, and now <laughs> and now I'm looking into like testosterone replacement therapy. Oh, TRT coming up. Uh, that way I can, um, you know, just feel good again. I you feel know the great. cheap way about doing that? Steroids. No, no, the TRT, man. What about it? You just fucking get there. You just get your girl off and then just stop. See how many times you can fuck your girl, get her off, and then you stop before you come. What are you talking about? Oh, that? Yeah, like over a week. Okay. You know, see how many times you so can you do that. So you just blue ball yourself? Yeah. Okay. Huh? Just build it up, dude. Next thing you know, you'll be looking to fuck anything that moves. Uh, I'm not going to last long. And I don't last long as it is. So. <laughs> you better get your job done quick then, dude. Because they uh, need it. They'll go fucking crazy if you don't get them off, you know? Yeah. Like fucking bad shit crazy. But you just fucking, you get there and you just fucking. I go crazy too, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, because it's when you're building that shit up, you yeah. know? Like that's the that's what you're trying to replace is what you keep giving out. Oh, yeah. Well, I just take the shot, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to stop coming. I'll get the jab. <laughs> take the jab. I'll take that jab uh, for sure. But, yeah, man, um, there's some there's some weird shit. You know, I'm also like, how do you, like, what, 33, 4, 37. 37? I guess, uh, you know, you st- I, I look at older guys that ride now, and I'm like, I see that they're lucky. You know what I mean? With, with having a healthy body being able to stay on a bike and do things like that. Cause I got close friends that are already having massive back problems at 40 at 39. Yeah. And you know, from playing sports as a young adult, things like that. Um, so, it, you know, I want to be that guy, you know, success to me is a hundred percent being able to ride a bike well into my seventies. Kickstart Mike, dude. Yeah. Kickstarting your own chopper and riding into Mexico while danger Dan tries to run you over the whole trip. That sounds like a, a fun thing to do, man. It's to be fucking honest with you. winning right there, dude. If if so I so what are you doing? Are you doing yoga? I I've got fucking into, working out at all. Yeah, I, I've been working out. I actually did yesterday. Um, I got I, I set up a nice little uh like dumbbell situation in my garage. I've always liked dumbbells more than like plate weights and shit like that. And so, uh, of course, I haven't worked out a lot in a long time, so I'm not like going in there trying to fucking you know strong arm everything. Trying to work it up there, get some some flexibility back in my body, and uh, you know, stretching a lot more, and trying to get it up to where you I tell can. Tell me, you get lower back pain on a bagger? No, no, no. I get it from. I was getting it from my mattress. So, <laughs> bro, you're gonna deal with this shit soon. I'm just letting you know what's gonna happen, dude. Listen to your elders. Um, Okay, sorry. I just and and you, know, you know how I knew it was? Because I could, when I was camping on this trip, I wouldn't wake up with lower back pain. Oh, yeah. You know, when I was staying in hotel rooms, I wasn't having lower back pain. But as soon as I got home and started sleeping in my bed again, I'd wake up and I'd fucking be, I'd, I wouldn't be able to. 
bend over or anything. And it so lasts. the mattress fixed this? Yeah. Really? Yep. Hmm. I still got back pain because I'm fat. But that's a different pain. It's coming from a different area. So that's where does that come from? Uh it that's All more over? it's more in your mind because you're fucking such a fat fuck when you try to lean over to shave your nuts and you can't even see your dick anymore, kind of shit. You know, you're just shaving in the wind. Um or you're you know, trying to put your socks on oh, so you gotta hold your breath. You know what I mean? I think Louis <laughs> Louis C. K. had a great bit about it a long time ago where he talked about like when you're bending it over trying to put on your socks and like everything is just jabbing you in your fucking intestines and your internals it's just like i don't know it's it's gross to me and i don't want to do it anymore <laughs> dude but check out these fucking socks i got at ross dude they're sick as fuck stone cold steve austin <laughs> are you sure you didn't start like your buddy that like had to start over at 30 and was a uh, I feel now. like it sometimes. <laughs> I do feel like it sometimes, dude. I uh, so I got so my way of working out is that dirt bike. Yeah, I got that fucking dirt bike push button. That's a twenty-two KTM three fifty. Yeah, and uh, you know I try and ride it once a week, and it's fucking brutal. Puts you know, I just so. like do the gnarliest trails I can find over here. And so have have I mean you've been sober for quite a while. Have you have you started you know drinking here and there yeah okay yeah because i see i that's been my biggest problem is drinking like you know lots of drinking yeah see i don't get drunk i mean i i will get drunk at some point sometimes but that's what i'm trying to get to you know the 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 thing about like doing podcasts like the live ones especially with my friends like when we do that style like i was telling you these dudes all show up with fucking cases of beer yeah and you know, when in Rome, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm there, and, I, you know, this feels good. I'm having fun now. Fuck the podcast. This is fun, right? We're just talking shit, drinking beer. That, it becomes this fun thing. I forget there's a camera. And then we do that, and then two days later I have another podcast, and this guy likes to drink, and he kind of wants that experience, you know, on the podcast. I know. You did that to yourself. Yeah, I fucked myself. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't want to drink. Um, I want, you know, I, I, I do love – having a beer like you talked about on that trip it's like you went up to this guy's porch and asked him it's like hey man do you have any water he's like no but i got a beer i'm like that's a that's a good beer right there a random guy in fucking you know columbia on his porch and he just i don't have water but here's a fucking cerveza whatever the fuck they call him down there anything cold at that point in time was gonna be amazing i'd have taken a fucking pina colada and i fucking hate those dude so in those aspects i think like like I, i i like to sit down and have a whiskey at a certain time where it's like, this is a fucking whiskey moment right now, or this is a good fucking beer moment when you just pull up to a campsite and throw your leg off your bike and your dude just throws you a fucking beer real quick. Like that, those places are great. You still drinking that Montucky bullshit? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, (laughs) a... I've never even heard of this shit. And all of a sudden, you guys are all drinking Montuckies. Yeah, well, it's fucking... How we, we found it was awesome. We found them in Yellowstone. When we left Sturgis in 2020, okay. uh, we would go to camp in Yellowstone, and um, we misjudged how long it was going to take us to navigate through Yellowstone. We thought we'd be able to go through and go to West Yellowstone where they have restaurants and go eat real quick and then come back into Yellowstone and camp, and we didn't make it. So we ended up having to get to the campsite and go to the clubhouse, essentially, at the campsite and just whatever they had to drink and whatever they had to eat. So we were, like, getting little ham sandwiches out of the little thing and 
they had a bottle of whiskey in there from some distillery around there, and then they had Montuckys. So one of the guys went and bought a little sixer of it, and we took it out in the parking lot, and we all tried it. And they were like, fuck yeah, go get the rest of them. So there was like – you, you guys know. tried it as though you weren't going to – if it wasn't very good, you weren't going to drink them? Yeah, we weren't going to buy the other ones. Yeah, right. We were just going to drink the whiskey. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So we tried it. It was like, fuck, yeah, this is good. And uh, and that was kind of the end of that. You know what I mean? It was just like that's where we found it. That's where we had it. And then we came home. When we used to go to the Anvil, they started – they carried it. We just didn't know. So they're like, fuck, yeah, we'll drink that. And then we – they sell it at a – they sell it at HEB here, and they sold it at uh, at Bucky's. Okay. And so one day when our buddy from East Texas was coming into Dallas to do the podcast, he shows up with a fucking 12-pack of it. And so we drink it on the podcast, and next thing you know, it just kind of – it's a beer that looks like a fun can. It's got a, it's got like the Death, the, the Death Tones Pony on there from the White Pony album. I don't know if they know. It's like, yo, you got that from fucking White Pony, but I'm sure they got it from somewhere else, right? They uh, absolutely did. But – you know, it's it's just a cool vibe and uh, whatnot, and they're they're kind of a snowboard uh, snowboard eccentric. Like it seems like that's what they're marketing to. And uh, even though we've been trying to get kind of connected with them, or at least just get a beer sponsor where we don't have to buy the shit all the time, but it's not expensive beer, so I don't know. I uh, I don't mind it, but I I prefer to drink like uh, whiskey more than anything on the podcast. A little whiskey, a little, like, you know, Topo Chico, a little Jameson, a little bit of lime. I'm fucking good all day long. Yeah, those are great. Yeah. And I mean, actually, uh, I really don't like putting anything in my whiskey, but. Yeah, uh, you know, Topo people Chico. get weird. But I, the people thing about. People get weird. <laughs> yeah, people, After drinking it? Or? No, no. People get weird about, like, how you eat your food and drink oh, your yeah. drinks. And it's like, everybody wants you to do it the way they do it. Yeah. It's, it's like. Dude, I mean, Topo Chico and lime is good see? with anything. Really? I, I do a lot of that. Uh, do you know there's a coffee drink with Topo Chico? Mm-mm. I tried it one day. I couldn't do it. But They do that ranch water thing out here in Texas with Topo Chico. And it's like a tequila. It's basically a margarita without like a heavy margarita mix in it. And it's Topo Chico instead of uh, something else they would put in there. But, dude, I any liquor in Topo Chico is pretty damn good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking Topo Chico is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you are you guys, I used to call it the uh, the sober guy's beer <laughs> back in the day. Because everybody that was sober or trying to go sober, like, they all would drink Topo Chico's. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I tried. I was like, sparkling water fucks, man. Like, I'm into it. And then we started carrying a lot of this shit around the house. We buy those monster waters now every once in a while because they, uh, they have, like, a seltzer water as well. Really? Monster does without any caffeine? No, no, no. It's, uh, oh, fuck, what is that shit called? Not monster waters. Um Death water, death something. Liquid death. Liquid death, there you go. Yeah, they, dude, they got flavors now, too. Yeah, yeah. And so I've been doing that. It looks cooler on the camera because you got, like, this badass-looking can. Yeah, I bet they would sponsor. I, it'd be nice. You know what I mean? It'd be, be nice to it's get some. It's water, dude. If they yeah. can't give you fucking water. Yeah, that shit ain't cheap either, dude. It's like thir- It's like 15 bucks for Yeah, a- so that's so they can give away a lot of it. Yeah, exactly. It's like dude, the Red Sturgis, Bull. there was just cases everywhere. You know, they sponsored uh, Mama Buffalo Tried chip. and uh, – Flight out Friday, guys. There you go. Hey, just put that wherever you want, dude. You shake these motherfuckers <laughs> up before you brought them in here. <laughs> uh, but dude, they had like main. They had all sorts of flavors. There's fucking. They're just free everywhere. Yeah, I like that. I, I think it's good. Find a unique way. It, to, for me, I'm trying to. So from what I hear, the same guys that launched Red Bull are doing Liquid Death. Oh, that's who it is. Yeah, the same. Nice social fucking promoter people. 
It worked. They they seem to reach out to a lot of podcasters. Like I've seen them on Kreischer's podcast. I've seen them on a uh, or that fucking goofy deal he did. Fucking yeah. Dance oh yeah. yeah. Or some <laughs> shit. Yeah, that was dope. How do you feel about like uh? I mean, not feel, but you know, with Austin becoming now the podcast hub, with everybody moving down, like Rogan, like does it feel cool to be like in the same state as all this shit now? Or it, I I mean, some, I'm, a lot of times I'm not in the same state as him. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, you know, I think it's uh, yeah, it's like yeah, I know, I know this place is rad. Yeah, I'm glad that you guys have figured that out and don't fuck it up. You know, so I feel I feel more concerned with them fucking it up. Yeah, yeah. than I do thinking, oh, that's cool. I'm here too. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. How do you feel about uh, like, are you still optimistic with like just the way podcasts have grown over the years? Like, do you think it's still on the right path of being? Like you don't feel like anything's gonna change or or change the medium at all. You know, I don't think I have not thought about that. I mean, I would still I have some ideas I would like to do at some point, you know, mm-hmm. like I think the video, the VR space like intrigues me. Yeah. Uh not because I think it's like healthy, but because I think it's coming and yeah. there are some fucking cool things you could do with that. You know, like did you listen to the recent one with Zuckerberg? I listened to some of it, and then I caught highlights on the rest Dude, of it. That was the first podcast in a while where I was like, oh, my window's been open this whole fucking time. God damn it. <laughs> uh, where I was like, I fucking sat down and watched the video. I yeah. was like, I want to see this motherfucker's eyes. Yeah, make sure he's not a robot. Face. <laughs> I want to see this shit. And Rogan asked him the right questions. Yeah. He just answered him like a fucking politician, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when it came to all that stuff about, like, the censorships and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, as far as, like, the VR, like, the augmented reality, I mean, I have a dream one day where you can, like, wear those Ray-Bans, right? Yeah. And you can put on the fucking Danger Dan lens, right? And you're fucking rolling around town, and there's, like, fucking big neon signs pointing you at the sweet bars or the cool rows. Yeah. You're like... The McDonald's looks like a fucking burnt down castle or something. You got to start like, OnlyFans first to be able to fund that. <laughs> no, no, no. There's gonna this is you're gonna have anybody's filter you want. You know, like this is. Uh, It'd be like an app. Like if we wanted to get an app made right now, like you ever looked into that? This shit's retarded. Expensive. Yeah, it's, it's real high. I mean, just because it keeps changing, you have to. Yeah. They're like, yeah, it costs twenty grand to start it. You know, yeah. but then you have to pay us twenty grand every month because we have to change it with all the updates every month. Yeah, we got to fix all the bugs that we created in the first. Yeah, but you know, like, so right but now, what, hold on. What I was getting okay. at is like, so that, and then like, you know, if people are watching a podcast on YouTube, right? Yeah. If they're like, I know that there's people that like have computers in their shop or their fucking car, yeah. and they just run the YouTube, and it's just there. They can look down every once in a while, but like. You'd be rad if right now we just had this fucking thing right here, this ball on a stand. Yeah. And that was somebody's goggle experience. They can just stick on the goggles. When you're talking, they can look over at you. When I'm talking, they can look over at me. Yeah. The whole time, they can look up and around and down at the shit on the shop. They can see my shotgun, the fucking topos. Yeah. The Montuckies piling up. Yeah. You know, like, I think that could be a cool experience. And I don't think that that's far out of the – like, I don't think that's too far yeah, off. I, I see what you mean. Yeah, there. I don't think that is either. Um, I mean, I, just with the 360 camera. I mean, I think yeah. that, I think the biggest now thing now is, like, the amount of data it takes to upload yeah. 360 degrees of video for three hours. You yeah. know, like, 
and then they have a good quality video, whether, you know what I mean? I just, you know, the, the scary thing is, like, as I push more and more trying to refine the podcast, make it a better experience, invest more money and equipment all the time, um, I'm scared to rely on what I make on it as my sole source of income because of how fecal it seems like social media can be, you know, with times, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, but podcasts are in like this fucking safe space right now. Right now we are. Yeah, and they have been for a long time. And, you know, I think I don't think that it's far off from, you know, having to pay to use. I mean, I don't know. You know what? You you got to pay to use Spotify, right? Yeah. If you want to not have ads when you listen to music. Yeah. You know, there's a chance they're going to do something like that to podcasts. We're like, hey, you can't listen to that podcast unless you pay fucking this, or we're going to put your. I got a question for you. Yeah. So podcasts, Spotify pays Joe Rogan to put his shit exclusively on Spotify. Yeah. Have you? Does anybody even talk about iTunes anymore? No. Um, hey, what's in your iTunes? Pl- no, it's what's on your Spotify playlist. Yeah. Okay. Now, where was I going with this? Oh yeah. So and originally Joe's podcast was just the same. He'd do his fucking ad reads. Yeah. And then they do the fucking the deal. interview. Yeah. Now it just goes straight to the interview, and then like within the first three minutes, once you're sucked in, it's like bam, fucking ad. Yeah. Did, did Spotify go, hey, this is what you're making on your podcast. This is what you would make over the next 15 years. We're just going to pay you all that up front. Yeah. We're going to have a little control over how your podcast goes. I think did what. Change his advertising or was he like. No, he. Those are his advertisings. They are his advertising. Yeah. But he's placing them. They're pla- like, no, he's placing them in there for his sponsors. Not Spotify, because if it was a Spotify ad, we wouldn't be getting them as as someone that pays for adless Spotify. Oh, good point. Yeah. So he just changed that up because it's more effective. Yeah, because you know a, a lot of a lot of advertis- advertisers want instead of a instead of a, a pre roll read, they want a mid roll read. Yeah. Because mid roll is where people are already listening, and it might be harder for them to run back over there across the room to get to their phone to skip it fifteen seconds yeah. until you, they get back into the episode. And, you know, it makes sense because, you know, like, uh, yeah, you could pay for Spotify and, you know, your $13 a month that you pay for Spotify, you know, you'll get Atlas music and Atlas podcast. But, you know, it's like, yeah, we, you know, I know that you have a Patreon and I have a Patreon, you know, but we've never, I've never like put Atlas episodes on there for people to listen to without anything on it, just straight in. Um, I feel like just like how your intro is part of the show. You know, sometimes my intro and my outro is part of the show, too, that maybe there's good things. You know, yes, there's going to be ads at the beginning, but at the end, there's sometimes information about what's coming up and what's happening. Same thing in the beginning sometimes. So, I don't know. I I, I would love that world where everybody that wanted to listen to each person that wanted to listen to that episode had to pay a dollar. Remember how it was on iTunes Music a long time ago? If you wanted to get a song that's 99 cents. I mean, you own that song. Now, you listen to it whenever you want. But, you you know, I know your numbers are up there. My numbers are up there. One dollar per episode downloaded. <laughs> we're rich, dude. <laughs> Fuck, we're moving to Austin to get a house next door to Joe Rogan, dude. Fuck that, dude. Fuck that. But you will definitely be able to tell because all these fucking vehicles <laughs> will run. <laughs> and you'll be out of, out of country. Uh, so, I mean, 
So what's your fear? My fear, well, right now, like, my podcast has to uh, – it relies on sponsors. And right now, um, the motorcycle – like, no matter what, our motorcycle podcast is, is still capped as being inside the motorcycle industry, right, or the motorcycle world. And there's not as many people in that world as there are in a lot of other other industries. Like, if this was a camera industry, like the digital photography world – there's so much fucking people in that. It's it's like t- five times the size of what our industry is. So to have something that has like on on average their podcasts have hundreds of thousands of listeners compared to ours. Like if it, one of us was getting a hundred thousand downloads a month on our podcast, we'd be fucking like that's like Rogan for uh, our world. You know what I mean? So with that being said, it's like um, you know when you go up to this company and you need to make this money off this stuff, like it, it doesn't like, they don't, you know what I mean? I don't know if there's enough money to, to really keep us afloat. I mean, without me painting bikes and painting helmets, I can't, you know, that's only the podcast didn't pay for that studio. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or all that extra microphones, and those cameras paint jobs on helmets did. Now the podcast has, it allowed me to do that trip a couple months ago for a whole month. It allowed me to, you know, save up, what I made from Patreon and what some of the sponsors were to cover my complete livelihood for a whole month and give me enough money to be on the road. But I can't do that every month with that money. It's not enough, you know, and you don't want it to be some cry for help every month. Like, Oh, you know, pay, pay your support, your local podcaster. Cause you know, we got to go do the shit you wish you could do. And you know, shit like that. <laughs> right. I don't know, dude. I think you'd be surprised if you just came but, out frankly and were like, Hey dude, you, you're just not capable of doing this. So, yeah. Well, I also think that maybe because our our world is a lot more blue collar people in the motorcycle world, and maybe you know, especially I have a I have a flashy bike, right? And so they might see that as like, oh, that dude don't need my fucking five dollars a month. You know, I show them my house though, and they'll be like, oh yeah, this dude needs my five dollars a month. Like I'm just stunting on the gram. I ain't stunting in real life, dude. I got a fucking super generic house i'm actually usually embarrassed when i bring you know podcast guests into it like hey well, it's, it's a room <laughs> but i you know i don't you know it's i reinvest almost everything i make back into the podcast or content for the podcast yeah and so you know it, it gets kind of um you know i'm not complaining i'm i enjoy my life right now but you know if if our if my patreon could cover like certain aspects of my life financially it would free up the mind to try a lot more things with the podcast, you know, wake up in the morning and do a solo podcast, even if it's just for Patreon or something like that, where I spend like two days working on something like that. Like I, I want to do that. I want to have something that I have a lot of time in making it, polishing it, researching it and putting information out there. But I can't, I can't afford to do that right now. You know, I got to go paint this helmet so that I could buy enough beer to put in that fucking fridge for this next guest that we're going to get fucked up on this podcast for. You know what I mean? Oh, no, no. I don't buy beer for my guests. Dude, no, I, I'm I, just kidding. Yeah, thanks for the Tobos. But, you know, when I have people come to town that aren't, like, like my friends coming to the, sh- to the shop, like, I hit them up. It's like, hey, what kind of stuff do you want to drink? Like, kind of like a green room or something like that. Like, I oh, wanna, absolutely. I want to have stuff there that that person likes, whether it be alcohol or normal just beverages or even whatever. Like, what do you want? I'm going to have it at the shop. That way you can be as comfortable as possible so that when you do this, it's a, 
you know. I'm fucking out of shape. I didn't even ask you. I just was like, fucking come over. I got fucking soda waters in the fridge. There's a there there's a there's an expectation here, and you, I I don't have high expectations for the. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't uh, coming here. Did I meet your expectations? Yeah, I got well, some fancy moto because I, mezcal tequila. Dan, my expectations were lowered when I came over here to the. <laughs> To the barn. <laughs> nah, fuck with you. Uh, nah, it's uh, I, like I said, I you know, I, I know how you roll. I know how your you know your podcast is unique that way because of how you you are. I mean, your personality bleeds over into into uh, the content into the the structure of your podcast, and that's what makes it unique. And no matter what, I I don't know that I could ever put out an episode the way you put out an episode. And that's not like a dig at all. That's like that's your style. Right. And that's what makes it unique and what people I feel like your audience finds a love for your style that you provide. You know what I mean? Um, you a while back, you went super hard off into flat track and I had a hard time keeping up with some of the episodes because I'm just not into dirt racing and shit like that. But then you'll you'll bring a guy like, you know, like all this Nepal stuff into the mix. And then I'm fucking hooked again. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with me. It's like. When I go talking about cameras and shit with photographers, I lose a lot of people on that. Or when I talk to painters, like people, you know, they're like, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. You know, we're talking about a visual thing that they can't see. You know what I'm saying? And but then when you get someone on, they're talking about stunt riding or fucking we're talking about the new Harleys or something like that. Then it brings people back. But those other episodes give that other side of our audience a little bit of something to dig into. It's just like Rogan, right? You might not be into the comedy podcast with the homies, but you want to listen to Dr. Rhonda Patrick talk about the gut biome, dude, right? Dude, so, I feel like you have to, like, take notes when you listen yeah. to Rhonda Patrick. So it's not – it's not not every episode is for everybody, but that's the point. That's how you that's how you continue to grow an audience by being very di- diverse in what you talk about. But you still got to be interested in what you're talking to people I was about. I say, I don't even look at it as growing an audience. I just look at it as what I'm interested in. At this point in time. It's because you're white privileged, dude. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I am. <laughs> you're big. white as fuck, dude. <laughs> nah, man. That, I guess uh, in a sense like that, I, I've just never had that. I don't know if I'd call it a luxury. to to, And I don't know if I would say it's not caring because I know you care. But just not getting wrapped up about like trying. Like, I'm, Why well, didn't start this thing with the intentions of... <clears throat> Yeah. Growing a fucking audience. Yeah. So I've worked hard. Now, I'm, I'm a competitive person. You yeah. know, I like to race. I like to act like I'm not racing until we get to the fucking starting <laughs> line. And it's like, fuck everybody. Yeah. Uh, so I had, I try, I mean, I look every once in a while. I haven't looked in a while because I've just been so fucking busy. But, you know, if I start looking, I start, you know. Yeah, it, it does turn on a different I switch. I start going, oh, I bet we could do something different here. Yeah. You know? I try not to look either. Um, I try not to look at certain things because it does it, – it either makes me feel really good or it makes me feel like, fuck, man. Like, it makes me – you know, it puts me in a mindset that I don't really want to be that's not really helpful productive. at all. They're productive, yeah. But, you know, I don't know. Um, so what do you got planned for the rest of the year? You got any big trips? Uh, Pretty much sewed up. Nah, it's plenty of shit going on. Um, you, I got, you got to go up to Boston. Uh, I don't think I'm going to do that this year. But um, well, I, thought, I thought you were delivering a bike up there. No, I'm del- I'm delivering the bike oh, to, to Nashville. To Nashville. Yeah. Dude's so are you going to podcast up there? 
Uh, probably some. Uh, probably go talk to Booster Brad on the way up there. He's he's like in uh, just north of Memphis. Go see Dusty. Uh, Dusty, I think he's on the other. I don't know if he's in Nashville. I thought he's over there in uh in uh Knoxville area, which is still another you know two hundred miles away or some shit. I don't know. Um, now there's like club style Tennessee. Some guys up there that are putting on events and. You know, I got my buddy Millhouse. He's on the. He's up there working for Thunder Max. He's like putting together like options for guests that are kind of people in Nashville to to kind of help. I want to bring on people that are in the motorcycle scene from Nashville or find builders or things like that 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 uh, we can kind of not put Matt, Nashville on the map, but on our podcast, put Nashville on the map. You know, for our podcast listeners. So um, that's that. And then I come home from that. Then I got to a good three weeks of trying to bang out some helmets and stuff. Then I'm going to do the run to Terralingua with uh, oh, Adam and those guys. Yeah. When is that? Uh, I think it's the weekend of the 15th or 16th or something like that of October. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that because I've never been to Big Bend. Dude, uh, it's so sick. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked about that. Uh, and, I, and I'm kind of – I'm going to use that trip. I'm going to do it solo. I'm going to try to use that trip as, a, uh, as an attempt to video and try to put – together some kind of youtube video um but i i can't promise i'll release it hey a lot of people have been asking me <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, so uh, i want to do that and then uh come back from that and then it's born free texas yeah. which i'm i'm excited about born free texas i think we should talk about that in a minute but to wrap up that i'm, I'm gonna do that come on from born free and then i think a week or two weeks later is down south and then i'm gonna go do the keys after that and that's probably gonna wrap up most of my riding for the year the keys are gonna be sweet man yeah ride in at sunset i was gonna ride in as the sun was rising because i'm gonna leave where we do the camp out and go stay in miami and then try to leave there uh try to leave miami before the sun comes up that way it's coming up as i'm on the that's fucking early yeah don't you wake up early I don't wake up early. I'm gonna. Have, I'm making a special. That's what I'm saying. Like you're gonna have to wake up early. Yeah. Because Miami's still like a fucking hour and hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. From the first bridge. So, do that trip and then come home and then I think uh, I might do a drive. I might drive back to L.A. Uh, sometime November, December, maybe January, just to do podcasts. Get hit Phoenix, hit L.A., San Diego. Uh, go see. You know, maybe my wife might fly or drive out there with me, and we'll go see family, and then just do more podcasts. But, um, yeah, Born Free Texas, man. Like, what's your thoughts on that? Born Free Texas, uh, dude, it's fucking happening. Born yeah. Free's coming to Texas in October. I'm excited. Twenty second. I'm excited. Twenty first and twenty second. I'm excited, but like, because it has like they. I'm excited, but it's, there's so much unknown, right? And I told you I'm an overthinker. I'm a. Oh, I can only imagine. There's a lot of thinking going into this one. Yeah, it's like you know, because you know, we, I've been to Born Free a handful of times, and you know, they're coming out, and you know, when I think of where Born Free is out in California, and I think about where this is, I mean, the property's badass, but surrounding areas, there's, it's like our camp out. There's nothing out there. Yeah. You know, so it's like either you're camping or you brought a fucking RV. Or you're going back to Dallas or Tyler or some shit to get a hotel. You know what I mean? But a and lot. they're not going to allow camping Friday night. Yeah, it makes no sense. Um, but. So I got a spot down the street. Fortunately, a lot of my friends live in East Texas and Kilgore. So we're oh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're golden. We're, I'm good. I'm, I'm just saying for all the 
the people out there that might be traveling from out of state. Yeah, I, I'm not happy about that. I mean, yeah. I'm not. I just. I mean, I. I don't know exactly why they're doing it that way, but I hate to like invite people to come to Texas for Born Free, which starts Saturday morning, but you can't stay here Friday night. Yeah. And, like there, would like to have a spot to welcome everybody that shows up. You know. Yeah. There's going to be a pre-party Friday night in Nacogdoches. Yeah, and who the like Nacogdoches isn't that big of a fucking town. You know what I mean? No, I don't. Like finding hotels, finding places to sleep out there, and then having to come. So, on the paperwork side of things, I think we both agree that there's a lot of things that I guess us residents would like to know what the fuck's going on, as because we're the ones that are hosting shit now. You know what I mean? It is a born free show, but everybody I know that's coming here they're like hey man we're coming to dallas to stay what, what's going on what are we doing you know what i mean so now i'm hosting a pre-party of our own in dallas you know thursday night for this event and you know it's like i i just don't know much about it you know what i mean the event itself and and whatnot but i am stoked though i am stoked that they're doing it, it um and i feel like whatever they're going to put their name on they're going to they're, they're actually going to go i mean you know the guys that put it on you yeah. know you've done the podcast with those guys uh, I, I trust that if they're going to do a show that they're already crossing their T's and dotting their I's the way I would do it if I was putting on that show. You know what I mean? So, But I still have, like, hope they are. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're saying there's some reservations, huh? Yeah, because, I mean, think about it like this. Like, on one side of it, it is kind of weird to, you know, have somebody from out of Texas come here and throw a show in Texas. Well, you know how the idea was born, right? Yeah, because they couldn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I talked to Scott and, and uh, Oliver uh, in 2020 about this because originally they had asked me if I wanted to kind of be a part of it. And I was like, fuck yeah. Like, I'll be the San Diego Customs of this event for sure and put on a performance motorcycle side of the things and bring all these brands out here. But obviously they stuck with their guns with those guys, uh, Speed Kings and uh, and uh, San Diego Customs, which they put on a great addition to the Born Free show out there in California. Uh, but yeah, I knew all about it um, going into it. All the all the details behind everything, and you know, same thing whenever they bought, you know, all those guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I guess I, what I wanted the people to hear was like, you know, the idea started when they couldn't do the show in California, yeah. and they started looking at other places. Yeah, and then, and then at the same time, Oliver had come up, Oliver Scott and the guys had found the Yellow Rose Canyon. Yeah, so it became an option, and then it grew into, mm-hmm. well, fuck, let's do one there too. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, because they wasn't, sh- they weren't sure they were going to be able to do a born free in California until what? It wasn't until twenty one August of last year. Yeah. So they were still on the fence on if they were going to be able to put those that many people in a fucking field, you know, a year ago essentially. So I I don't know. Like I said, I just I I want it to be good because it's Texas, and if anybody's come to Texas, I want them to have a great experience here. And it's like this place fucks, and like I said, we have to trust that the california guys are going to throw a great show or in reach out i mean i would suggest re- i mean have you talked to mike or grant no i haven't that's what you need to do i just like to complain on podcasts yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i need to i talked to him a while back yeah and they you know i talked to to grant about some things and gave him some feedback before i knew about some other stuff that i i still would like to call and talk to him about and just mm-hmm. you know hear what the thinking is and really just figure out how i can contribute you know, yeah. uh, I wanted to do a party Thursday night mm-hmm. and take take some people on a ride Friday. Uh, but not being able to put everybody up at the campground makes that kind of difficult. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm I'm also you know after being at at the at the uh, show this last week in the Southern Throwdown, I have ideas of how to make the experience being there better. Um, it's such a big place; it's really spread out. Yeah, right. It's huge. It's huge, and it's huge. Trump. <laughs> it's a joke, dude. Uh, a Trump joke. <laughs> it's huge. I can't do your impersonation is terrible. It's the rain; you can't hear. Well, it you have to say that's a Trump impersonation. That's yeah. not good. All right, whatever. So I'm not a comedian. So, so you got idea? What are your ideas to make? Well, the- it's not so much ideas; it's just maybe uh, like finding. You know, everything's spread out. You have RVs over here. You got these houses, and these houses are dope. Like that's a unique thing about uh, that that place is that you have this ability to have this. But what happens is when you're trying to have this camp out experience at night. When everybody kind of goes away, it doesn't. It's not a party. And then what happens is there are roughneck dudes out there partying that now become an annoyance to the people in the houses. You know what I'm saying? Because these guys are like, dude, where's the party at? I'm at a chopper event. Where's the fucking party? Oh, there's no party. All right, we'll turn that trash can over. Let's jump it. Let's let's do a bonfire. It becomes anarchy, basically, is what I'm getting at. Unless you have everything kind of like figured out and so it's a dynamic there with with those houses and with camping i think then and if it has the kind of people that i'm thinking it'll have this year it might be a might be a perfect dynamic it might be a shit show i think it's gonna be everything yeah i think it's gonna be it's gonna be a fucking party for yeah. sure i need it i mean i want it to be I, I want it to be an event that 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 happens and they you know i want i want people to know that texas has a bike scene yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, and they're aware of that. Yeah. And I, I you know, when, when you, I think that, uh, honestly, that Mike and Grant are so open to, I mean, that's one thing he told me. It's like, you know, we started this show in California. It was literally just us in a parking lot, in yeah. a parking lot, you know, and as people, you know, as it grew, people contributed, you know, like we don't really know what, what's going to happen in Texas. You know, we're, yeah. We're throwing a fucking a show, inviting our friends with bikes to the Yellow Rose Canyon. Yeah. You know, and seeing what's going to happen. Yeah. And, that, and that's, and that's too, you know, like I said, that's cool as hell. And I'm, I know that's going to work out well. Um, like I said, I guess it's just my overthinking, my maybe control issues. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Where, you know, I just – I. I I just want it to work out well, and, and I have no stake in it. Whether it goes well or good, it, it the well, only you way you got a stake in it, just well, like I got a stake. Yeah, in it. it only fucks me by making Texas look weak. Yeah, you know like, what I'm saying? well, when I tell people to come to Texas for born free, I you know I yeah. want them to have a great experience. Exactly. You know, I feel like I do have a stake in it. Yeah, and yeah, in that aspect, we definitely have a stake. But you know, but you know, hopefully, if it does work out real well, then we still. Hey, thanks, guys. <laughs> I like pats on the shoulder. A lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think it really helps out my uh, my internal, you know, operations. Your Trumpisms. Yeah, it just makes me feel better about myself, uh-huh. you know, because it's an artist syndrome. Like, you always need validation kind mm-hmm. of situation. Hey, well, you're doing great. You're doing great, Jace. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I need to see how many likes I got since I've been sitting So you're doing here. a pre-party Thursday night? The plan, yeah. The plan was to do a pre-party in Dallas. Uh, we work with a handful of bars. That way we, when we do our bike nights and stuff and – you know, we got guys like FXR Division, uh, Speed King, some of those guys coming through Dallas um, and just kind of wanted, you know, this, I guess, is my way of having some kind of control over it, you know, to make sure that these guys see that we have a fucking scene and, 
and they have a good time in Dallas because Dallas is a good time. You know what yeah. I mean? And uh, just something fun, man. I want people to, that are coming here The you know, like I said, the Yellow Rose, that area is beautiful out there, but there's not a lot going on in, you know, if you're looking for a place to party. Dallas has – it's not that far away, and, you know, we'll have it. But then, like I said, I got to do podcast Friday night with some of these guests that are coming in from out of town, so – I won't be able to uh, be out there until Saturday morning. So we're actually going to probably end up doing a big ride from Dallas to Born Free Saturday morning. So, Which makes sense. Yeah. I did. I mean, I heard about the Nacogdoches thing, and I was like, oh, that'd be fucking rad. But I started looking at hotels out there, places to camp, and I was like, I don't fucking want to do that. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to be there anyway. So, yeah. And I don't. I don't know. I camped out there last weekend, and then I had to take a shit, and I walked into that little shitter they got out there in the men's side, and it was like prison style, just a toilet out in the open. I thought they put up stalls. For the women, where I ended oh. up shitting at. Because <laughs> um, I refused to shit in the open like that. Really? That yeah. scares you? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a good place for you to get a pat on the back. <laughs> so you got jokes. No, it's uh, I didn't, I didn't, I haven't spent enough time in jail, and uh, I'm from the city, so I uh, haven't had to shit in the woods that much in my life. A couple times when I got locked out of the house, but nothing major. Yeah, you're not real practiced. Yeah, and I just, I don't know how I feel about having my balls all exposed out. You know, vulnerable position, just someone walking in, you're like, hey, hey what's up, man? It's not so much that, it's just the aspect of, oh like, my God. I don't want to sit there mid-wipe and some dude walks in the fucking thing, and I got a handful of toilet paper and shit on it, and I'm just, like, making eye contact with a dude. It's just, it's just twenty twenty two. Why would dude. you be making eye contact with him when you're taking his shit? Because if somebody walks in, <laughs> I'm gonna look and see who it is. Like, oh, what's up, man? <laughs> hey, I follow you on Instagram. I'm like, oh, thanks, bud. <laughs> oh, this is way better than Instagram. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things, man. But then I, I, I peeked. Everybody was already leaving the campground. I peeked in the women's. Like, they got stalls. I'm like, fuck that. I wasn't shitting there. And it was, uh, and they, they didn't even have toilet paper in the men's side. So. I think all the women stole it. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> no, nah, but so uh my cabin was sweet. Yeah, I bet. Fucking y'all are glamping out there. Yeah. But no, I think uh we either uh our our big our buddy uh Big Will Cody B has a has a motorhome, so he's either gonna take it out there and we're just gonna mob in his shit, uh or stay right at his thing and camp right out of it, um, next to it. Or we'll end up going back to one of the homies' houses in Kilgore. But I'd like to be there Friday night. I think it'd be a fun, like, it'd be the first born free in Texas. I kind of want to be there for whatever that night's camping is. What if it's, what if it's like giddy up, right? I want to say that I was there for the first one and got to experience it. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, there's no telling. what it, I don't know. You know, like I've talked to people from lots of places that are planning on riding in. Yeah. Uh, it's a good time of year, too, man. I mean, it's a great time of year. Yeah, I think we'll have – I mean, we usually have really good, consistent, cool night weather in uh, in October. And uh, every once in a while, we'll get a little bit of a cold snap here and there. But, you know, I think it's going to be really good weather. It's good hoodie weather, too. Fuck, yeah, I can't wait to hide this belly. Get out of these damn <laughs> T-shirts. Think the hoodie does it, huh? <laughs> Bro. Come on, man. Uh, yeah. Wait till you're 40. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, it's not that far away. Yeah. No, you're 38 in a couple months. You're, you're way better shape than years. I am. Yeah. And you get a dirt bike, dude. 
No, I, I can't afford to break things. So I'm not skilled, so it's like, you know, I, I'm a more. a learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I could jump that. Case it, fucking. Yeah, I, I try not flip to jump it. things. Yeah, I'll just it'd be like a stream. Like I'm a Papa Willie. There's some great dirt bike riding out there at Yellow Rose Canyon. I bet. There's some little mullet kids out there running around just tearing it up. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't grow up that way. Kids out this time. <laughs> the hell you? I won't be bringing them out for Born Free either. Even though that was my main reason in getting a cabin. Yeah. I was like, dude, I want my kids to be surrounded by a structure when that party fucking lights <laughs> off, dude. <laughs> Don't want them out in the tent, fucking taking a fucking. Mini bike to the ear or some shit. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely true. I'm excited, man. I think it's going to be a good event. I think no matter what, if you get the right people in the right space and uh, you pour just enough alcohol on it, you're going to get a good fire. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So uh, I'm pretty sure between us people in Texas and the people I know they're going to come here from out of state, they're coming here to have a good time. And I think it's just going to – it'll be inevitable. Oh, it's going to be mean? awesome. So I'm excited. Nervous. I'm excited. Uh, other than that, man, I don't I don't know of any anything else that's really uh, popping off this year. Um, it's really it's kind of like a break after that for me, you know. Get after ready for that, next year. Yeah, no, I'm going straight to Nepal right after Born Free. Yeah. Is it that's still in this hemisphere, right? Like like north of the equator. Yep. So the weather is still the same. Like it's it'll be winter there too, or how does that work? Or is it spring there? It is okay. If I remember correctly, because I remember the only thing I have to base that off of is the is the psychedelic honey. Mm -hmm. Isn't that that shit that that bear ate? And they were there's a video going around the bear eating the psychedelic honey. He was flipping out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh. But I think when we were there this time a few years ago, it was fall. We had fall honey. Or maybe it was spring honey because they said the fall honey's better than the spring honey. Mm. And I was like, oh, next time I'll go back for their fall, which is our spring. Mm. But I'm not. Ugh. Yeah, that, that's that, that's not a bad idea, what you said earlier about maybe getting the guys to go in on that trip. So what? Do you, how how much is that rough estimate to do a trip like that? The Nepal trip. To do it with Bear, Motorcycle yeah. Sherpa. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's like five grand plus flight. Okay. Which is anywhere from 1200 to 2500 depending on what kind of flight you get. And that's pretty much uh, covering um, the bike and hotel everything stays? Everything but booze. Okay, so gas and everything's taken care of? Everything. That's not bad at all. No, it's not bad at all. That's food. How long is it? Dude, you're. it's 11 days. Mm-hmm. And you get one day off to fuck around in Pokahara. Any lady boys out there? Just everything you want, dude. <laughs> everything you want, dude. Oh, we yeah. went to a spa on our day off. Oh, it was fucking so sick, dude. It was like a fucking pool, bar, massage house. Yeah. Oh, dude, it was ridiculous. Now, I want to do that, man. It's uh. It's definitely. I think you guys would have a fucking ton of fun, dude. Yeah. Like, dude, I mean, it's so much fun over there. And, dude, like, not having to worry about all the small shit, you know, that you generally have to do a 12-hour fucking beer meeting to plan out, you know? Like, you just, (laughs) like. That's just an excuse for us to get there to drink, so. I mean, (laughs) I didn't think I would like it as much as I did. Yeah. Like, I really did not. I mean, I was a fucking, what Bear called me the other day, a naysayer. 
you know, to the organized fucking tour guides. Yeah. Oh, dude, after that trip, I'm a fucking full-on believer. Like, yeah. If you're going to fucking fly 25 hours across the country. Yeah. Dude, let somebody else figure out that shit so that you can really enjoy everything else. Hmm. It was fucking amazing. Yeah, it makes sense to do it like that in those kind of places where, like, if you were said, all right, here, here's here's ten grand. Figure out how to go to the Himalayas and ride a bike there. You know what I mean? Like, sure, you could pay people off, but ten grand will go away real quick, in, in my opinion. Yeah, well, like it's that. more of the time. Yeah, you know, you get a fucking, you can rent a bike for, I don't know, hundred fifty a day, or I don't, I don't know how much yeah. you rent a bike for. I would imagine it's a hundred fifty, two hundred, maybe it's a hundred. I don't know, mm-hmm. but fucking leave town, you break something. <clears throat> That could be two days trying to fix whatever the fuck you broke. Yeah, yeah. You know, where on this trip, you break something, somebody rolls up behind you and gives you their bike. <laughs> and you just take off, and then they fix your bike. Hell, yeah. Now, I, I remember listening to those podcasts you did as a recap of them. And, uh, yeah, it was – and then all the pictures that you had got and things like that, it was – I mean, Michael Lichter was there. I mean, yeah. Man, fuck. I'll do it if Lichter does it again with me so I can be best friends with him. He's done it twice already. <laughs> No, that's a good idea, man. That I, I, I didn't even it didn't even pass my my train of thought thinking like that's the way we could go international. Yeah, um, you know, dude, you guys would have so much fun, dude. Yeah, I mean, each little spot. I'm gonna each bring that night. up, actually, dude. I, I'm I'm not even shitting you, man. That's actually a really fucking smart way to do it. If you know, instead of trying to figure out how to get our bikes to Europe and no, you know, don't fuck with that shit. Yeah, Just, I mean. <clears throat> You'll just enjoy your time so much more. Yeah. I would like to do it to, you know, photography stuff for me, that'd be a great way to kind of, you know, add stuff to my portfolio and, you know, just capture some real fucking shit. You know what I mean? Some real, you know, backpacking style stuff, but on a motorcycle, you know, that'd be rad. I don't know. That's not a bad idea. Oh, man. dude, it's everything off the bike. I mean, the fucking places you see the old, I mean, fucking yeah. places that are, I don't know. I mean, some of those temples when you do are that, fucking hundreds of years Yeah, when old. you do that, are you, like, going any border crossings, or are you staying pretty much in one? Dude, country? they fucking, you just blow through all the border crossings. <laughs> they have somebody that you, like, give copies of all your paperwork to, and oh, somebody like in the truck goes shit. up yeah. there and just like, hey, these guys are fixing to roll through like badasses. Just let <laughs> them be badasses. That's cool. It's ridiculous. I got to piss now. I've okay. had four. Let's shut these. this thing down, dude. I'm right. fucking hungry. We did two minutes, 45 it's a good time. Two hours, 45. Jace, thanks for coming out. Fast Life Garage, Fast Life Camp Out, Fast Life Podcast. Yeah. And fucking photographs by Jace. Uh, it's Fast Life Visuals. Fast Life Visuals. Oh. Yeah, we got Fast Life uh, m- Mobile coming out next month, too. So We got an app? <laughs> no. <laughs> We're going to start a cell phone service provider. So thanks, bud. I appreciate it. Thank you. You know what's tough about waking up early in South America? There's nobody else does. And, uh... I don't have any coffee. I'm like looking at the coffee maker through a fucking window, but yet I have no access to it. Now I have a coffee maker. I just don't have any coffee, which is a problem at this point, but that's not really a problem. I'm just going to have to get me some coffee. That's all there is to it. And uh, I'm going to go over here and flip this front wheel around, see or at least pull it off and see what I possibly did wrong because... As you guys have heard, it's not my first time to do some bad maintenance, but uh, check out the MC Shop Tees, DangerDanceTalkShop.com, 
and I'll be back next week.